Oh yeah. That's important. Let us know. We'll zip. We'll zip it. So it looks like we're running a little bit late today. Um, it looked like we weren't going to have a full house, but we have a full house. Sorry, I am my volume's up, <laughs> but I'm talking. Um, we have some um, reserved seats. It looks like for um, some people that are going to get recognized. It says eighth grade, something or other. Sorry, I missed uh, what it says. But we do have some special. Recognition for some kids that did good, I guess. Or maybe it was teachers. Don't know. And then, um, I'm not sure what's on the agenda today, but I will be talking about how we need to get back to educating our kids. That's my little spiel that I'm going to do. And now that we have CRT and masking at bay for like at least the next few days. <laughs> Uh, what I've heard in New York is New York is going to begin masking kids again. That's what it looks like is going to happen, uh, at least in that state or in that city. And a couple other uh, blue states are looking about looking to going back to mask mandate. So we'll see what's been happening. Where it's happening, uh, California is one of those states that they're they're talking about it. But I'm going to skip that today for the most part. Um, but we do have a, uh, a good showing. It's uh, not as big as when we were going to be um, voting for the ban of CRT. But uh, we can, I can circle the room here. Let me see. So we have a few empty seats, but these seats back here are all reserved, as you can see. Um, let me see what they are. So, eighth grade standout standouts and guests who uh, so I guess a bunch of eighth graders in our middle schools must have done really well so they're gonna be recognized so it's the first time that I've seen a meeting start this late I had already pre-scheduled uh, this broadcast so that's why I'm on before the school board members and the district uh, superintendents have come into the room so I'm just gonna kind of fill the space here with nonsense. Uh, we have a couple of our uh, people that are going to be running for school board. I see that they're here. I've talked to them today and they're all raring to go and we'll get on the campaign trail, I guess, uh, soon. And be letting, they'll be letting people know that they're running for the school board. We had a meeting uh, with a meet and greet with the superintendent for Orange County, uh, Dr. Bean. Uh, that meeting caused my YouTube channel to be uh, suspended, um, suspended on YouTube until August 10th. So I'll be broadcasting on the other channels, which is uh, the Facebook pages, Facebook groups, um, California Parent Alliance, uh, my personal Facebook group. Facebook uh, personal page, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble. We're live on Rumble. Just go to uh, California Parent Alliance on Rumble. You'll find it there. Uh, also look for the Andy Falco Show on Rumble. 
So we uh, simulcast and broadcast on Rumble. Um, these are the, uh, the teachers union reps over here that we need to make sure and get them out of the room at some point. The teachers unions are um, a cause for most of our, I, I would, maybe not most, but maybe it is most. Most of the, the problems that we have in our school, we could probably um, go uh, and draw a line directly back to the, um, the teachers unions who, for whatever reason, have lost their way and really have not shown that they care about the education of our children. So we'll be working on getting them out over the, the next um, next months and uh, next school year as we uh, hopefully vote in two people to take the place of Buck and, um, and Freeman uh, in November 2022. We are also replacing the superintendent who's uh, going to another school district. He's leaving our school district, I guess, and going back to the one that he uh, came from which I forgot what it is. If somebody's watching those, remembers what school district he's going back to, I forget what it is. It's in, um, I think, San Bernardino County, if I'm not mistaken. So he'd be going back here. Obviously, we uh, we caused enough ruckus here that he couldn't take it anymore. Uh, we got a few people coming out to their seats. One of the superintendents. Forget what he's responsible for. I can't see what it says. <laughs> But he's responsible for something. Uh, let's see. What else can I fill you with? What nonsense can I fill you with? I'm not sure, sure who. Um, seeing a lot of new faces. So we have a lot of new people in here. Again, I think they're mostly here for the uh, eighth grade recognition and uh, the parents of the children who have been recognized are all here. So that's why we're seeing so many new faces. Let's see, uh, let's see, we have in the room with masks, we have one, two, three, four, five. Five people with masks in this room. At least two of them I see in our community all the time at restaurants, at um, stores, where there are around way more people and none of them wear masks then. That uh, it is an obvious, it is obvious that they come here and <laughs> have to uh, give the appearance that, uh, that masks uh, are important. Uh, but they obviously don't, they're not important anywhere else other than school board meetings. Apparently to them, uh, COVID knows when you're in a school board meeting and will attack you at a school board meeting, but nowhere else. None of the restaurants that I've seen them at, uh, none of the stores or the gyms that they go to, uh, have I seen them wear a mask. So I find it interesting that they're here wearing a mask. Uh, those of you that are watching right now, if you would just say hi, let me know where you're watching from. Let me know what um, platform you're watching on, if it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble. Uh, please comment, let me know where you're watching on. And... Um, just fill in time until they, they show up. They're, I've never seen them be this late before. Yes. I had to go live because it was scheduled to go live at 7. And if you don't go live, then it, it won't allow you to go live. Just pointing out the people that are wearing masks that I see in the community at other places, then they don't wear masks. Yeah. So I think it's just interesting. I see them at restaurants all the time. With... Um, 
A lot more people than this. All right, people are starting to sh- come out now. We got um, the Honorable Carrie Buck coming out. <laughs> I know. I couldn't say that without, without laughing. Um, El Sasser's coming out. He'll be gone soon. Thank God. Uh, all right, they're starting to filter out now. Hopefully, somebody will start talking soon so you don't have to listen to me, Gab. I just don't want you to be bored while you're driving home from work or dropping off the kids somewhere. Hey, David, nice to see you. When are we going out to lunch? Hey, Robert Wood, nice to see you. You're over in California. Awesome. Good to see you. David Everett. Who else is watching? I see there's more people than that that are on right now. Just let me know who you are, where you're watching from. And then I can see. So David and, and Robert are watching on Facebook somewhere. Waiting on me for lunch? Come on, bro. Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. I think this this week might be good, actually. I'm pretty sure. All right, we got more people coming out. We're almost there. COVID infections rise with the uh, vax rates. So the more people that are getting vaccinated. Um, it turns out it causes a rise in infections. <laughs> that is so strange. Karen's showing me her phone here, uh, an article that just um, just came up about with with the rise of vaccines, the um, the uh, number of infections of COVID has, has, has gone up. So not shocking, not a surprise. I've been telling people about that for over a year. That. Uh, Oh, that means that I'm going to get banned somewhere for this. States with most COVID hospitalizations have high vaccine rates. Yep. But where's that? American Faith. Um, a new network that uh, has been put together by Influence Church and Phil Hospin Peddler. Peddler. I should I should know how to pronounce his name. He was my pastor for ten years before. <laughs> I can still I could I could never say it. All right, looks like the last two, Leandra and uh, Sean are coming out. We should be starting soon. The volume will change dr- dramatically, so right, you, may, you, you may have to turn it up. You can tell them they can start. Okay, oh, good. All right. My speech is written. All right, when you guys join, make sure and let me know who you are, where you're watching from, just so we can say hi, so that I know that you guys are are here. Looks like they're getting started. Everybody's smiling and happy. Let's see if I can get everybody in the shot here. I'm gonna get every. There we go. We got everybody, even the student, um, school board member on the on the shot. All right. Looks like they're getting ready to get started. Hey, Patricia, nice to see you. Uh, oh, Patricia, Priscilla. <laughs> got to put my glasses on. Hey, Priscilla. And our report out of closed session. The board took action to appoint Dr. George Lopez, Director of Early and Expanded Learning, effective July 1, 2022. A motion by Mrs. Blade, second by Mrs. Anderson. The motion... Uh, and the, uh, and it passed 5-0. Um, number two, the board took action to appoint David Okamoto, 
uh, Principal Tuffery Middle School, effective July 1, 2022. Motion by Mr. Youngblood, second by Mrs. Freeman, and that motion passed 5 0. Uh, third, the board took action to appoint Janisa Udeshi, high school assistant principal, effective July 1, 2022. A motion by Mrs. Freeman, second by Mrs. Blades, and that also passed 5 0. Uh, fourth, the board took action to appoint Melissa Sampson, Administrator, Student Services, effective July 1, 2022. Motion by Mrs. Anderson, second by Mr. Youngblood, and that was a 5-0 vote as well. Number five, the board took action to appoint Connor Drake, Administrator, Secondary Curriculum and Instruction, effective July 1, 2022. Motion by Mrs. Freeman, second by Mrs. Blades, and that was a unanimous 5-0 vote. Number six, the board took action to appoint Daniela Klein, coordinator, special education, effective July 1, 2022. Motion by Mrs. Blade, second by Mrs. Anderson, and that motion carried 5-0. Number seven, the board took action to appoint uh, Victoria Vickers, school psychologist, effective July 1, 2022. Motion by Mr. Youngblood, second by Mrs. Anderson, and that motion carried 5-0. The board took action uh, to appoint Laura Ang, wellness specialist, effective July 1, 2022. Motion by Mrs. Freeman, second by Mrs. Blades, and that motion carried 5-0. Uh, number nine, the board took action to appoint uh, Tan Haley Nguyen, uh, Program Specialist, effective May 18, 2022. Motion by Mrs. Freeman, second by Mr. Youngblood, and that motion carried 5-0. And lastly, um, the, uh, the board met and conferred in closed session to approve workers' compensation claim number 2-0-0-0-0-3-2-3-6 for 26 
Um, April 5th, please. I will make a motion to approve the minutes from our last scheduled meeting, regular meeting of April 5th, 2022. I'll second. And we'll take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And that motion carries 5 0. And our student board member, aye as well. Okay, and number two. I'll make a motion to approve the minutes of the regular meeting of April 26, 2022. I'll second. <clears throat> okay, motion by Mrs. Blade, second Mrs. Anderson. All those in favor? Aye. 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 That motion carried 5 0. And Quinn wasn't with us, so, so just 5 0. Um, and the next one, um, the, to approve the minutes as amended. I'll make a motion um, to approve the, the Board of Education to approve the minutes of special meeting on April 29th, 2022, as amended. I'll second. Okay, motion by uh, Mrs. Anderson, second by Mr. Yetzler. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. That's a 5-0 as well. Okay, so that brings us to recognitions. Would you like to, Mr. Carmen, or would you like to join us and introduce? Thank you. Good evening, President Bunk, trustees, Superintendent Dr. L. Sasser, and Executive Cabinet members. Tonight, we will take time to honor some very deserving eighth graders in our Advancement via Individual Determination Program, affectionately known as AVID. AVID is a nonprofit organization that supports students by helping schools shift to a more equitable, student-centered approach. The program's mission is to close the opportunity gap by preparing all students for college readiness and success in a global society. Each year, the AVID Standout Award is given to students who demonstrate excellence, collaboration, integrity, and service in their academic achievements and individual determination. These six students before you this evening are being recognized for their high GPA, community service, and involvement in leadership and extracurricular activities. Many hours of dedication and hard work are behind these students' accomplishments. This recognition represents the determination perseverance, and commitment each student has demonstrated towards their education. Joining us to honor and support these outstanding students are their AVID principals, counselors, teachers, and Mr. Paul Laporte, our district's own AVID teacher on special assignment. In addition, we would also like to acknowledge and thank our students' families for their continued support and for being present with us tonight. At this time, I'd like to invite AVID 8th grade standout from Bernardo Yorba Middle School, Jessalyn Martinez, and AVID teacher Phil Seitz to join me next to the lectern. was selected to be Abbott Avery's standout for our New York school for the 2021-22 school year. And every one of Jessalyn's four teachers emphasized this fact, the fact that despite her obstacles and challenges that she faced, she demonstrates a keen awareness of these, the needs 
and a perseverance to do her work, and she seeks assistance whenever it's possible and needed. And Abba Jessalyn is one of the many that Ethelin goes to. She's always available. Mm -hmm. And the other students know that, especially when she works. Best of all, she does everything she has, everything she does, with a positive attitude, and she has a bright smile always. <laughs> She will say that the fortitude and the attitude that she has are a result of her faith, which is very devoted. Please stay standing and ship down to make room for our next honorary. Next up. I'd like to invite avid eighth grade stand-up from Kramer Middle School, Ainul Tahia Abdul-Jabbar Muhammad Hasham, an avid teacher at that facility. From challenging herself academically to getting involved and giving back to the community, Tahia Hasham is everything avid stands for. She moved to the U.S. from Sri Lanka at age eight and hasn't stopped pushing herself since to be, very, to be her very best. Tahia maintains a 4.0 GPA as an honors student and serves as a leader in ASB. Moreover, she's already completed uh, 50 plus hours of community service and will students, uh, I think you already started, as a library volunteer. This hardworking and ambitious future surgeon is an amazing young woman. Next up, we'd like to recognize the avid eighth grade standout from Travis Ranch School, Michaela Dixon, who is unable to be here with us this evening as she is attending her own school's award ceremony tonight. However, we'll tell you a little bit about her. When asked about Michaela, here's what her teacher, Kimberly Carlos, had to say. It is with great pleasure Travis Ranch Middle School unanimously nominates, nominates Michaela Dixon as our 21-22 avid standout student. Michaela is avid. She is a model student for demonstrating the core principles of advancement via individual determination through the lens of leadership. She embraces every challenge with grace and persistence and is always pushing forward with infectious positive energy and attitude. In addition to being a model AVID student, Kayla is also an active leader in ASB and supports the inclusion of special education students by her own choosing. Next, I'd like to invite up the avid eighth grade standout from Tuffrey Middle School, Lola Hinderleiter, and avid teacher, Kim Schultz, to join me. So Lola's one of those rare students who is identifying her particular values of respect, responsibility, and teamwork. She's diligent in her schoolwork, making sure her assignments are Avid, she naturally leads tutorial discussions and is always willing to help her peers keep their tutor. Lola is kind-hearted with a positive spirit, which makes others happy to be around her. Her teachers admire her maturity, selflessness, and positive attitudes. She's an asset to the Avid program as well as Tuffrey Middle School, and she is a pleasure to teach.
Next up, I'd like to invite the avid eighth grade stand-up from Valadez Middle School Academy, Anadelia Ureo, and avid teacher, Sage Newman. You become a Maryland, I'm gonna 
you all, we're going to let you take off if you like, because I'm sure you all have homework. But before you do that, when, could we all please give your parents, and if they could stand, let's give them a round of applause. Willing and able, 
They went to practice with the girls' team for nearly three weeks to learn the game and get ready. When game day arrived, the girls' team showed no mercy and beat the staff 12 to 3. <laughs> Although the score wasn't close, the Eldorado High School family remained as close as ever, thanks to the yearbook advisor, language arts teacher, and girls across coach Pat O'Donnell for putting together this great and spirited game. Esperanza Ceramics opened its ceramic show at the Museo in Santa Ana on May 7th. Students' work will be displayed in the art gallery throughout this month. Esperanza's Unified Sports Program will be playing softball against Eldorado Unified Sports Program on Friday, May 20th at lunch at Esperanza. Unified Sports students will be playing on the varsity softball field, while ASB will be serving some hot dogs to all those in attendance. George Key students, families, and staff are eagerly looking towards the return of the school's end-of-the-year opportunity drawing and barbecue. George Key and Ventura Academy's parents, student, staff organization is sponsoring this event in conjunction with George Key School. The event will be held on May 27th from 10.30 to 12.30 p.m. Or 10.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, on May 20th, Parkview Boosters will sponsor the school's senior picnic. And on May 23rd, Parkview staff will honor the devoted volunteers. The Valencia High School dance team had a great weekend in the final week of April. All their dances qualified for the gold division at nationals and all of their teams placed. The team's small jazz routine went to finals and finished first in their division. And on top of that, small jazz also finished second in top overalls for the entire competition, which included over 300 entries. Valencia's seniors, Advic Marietto, and Warren Pham won the CIF doubles title at the <coughs> Ojai Tennis Tournament this last week of April. This marks Valencia's first win in the 120 years of Ojai history. The Ojai Tennis Tournament is the biggest high school tournament in Southern California. Both of these outstanding athletes will be playing tennis at Harvey Mudd University coming this fall. And uh, York Linda High School is proud to have, see, have seven winners of the York Linda Women's Club Art and Photography Contest. The first week of May, the students' work was on display at Artworks, the district art show, and will be featured at the school's show starting on May 26th. Um, and congratulations to the Mustangs Advanced Video Productions for their 15 nominations at the Orange County Film Festival. And an extra correct congratulations to Max Green and Magdalena Apricio for their award-winning films. Max won Best Story and Best Score for his film, Travis Malone, and Magdalena won Best Music Video for her film, Entre Los Dos. Well done, your little high school filmmakers. Thank you, Quinn, for that report. Um, so I have a question for you. Uh, what has been your most memorable academic experience in the placenta in your Unified School District, and why? Uh, my most memorable experience was definitely the Europe trip with my Spanish class this summer 2019 to 2020, so my freshman year to my sophomore year. Um, my dad was able to come with me, so I got to go on to Spain with my dad. Um, and he's a really big foodie, so we got to try all the different foods from every single country we went to. And like, the main ones I remember is Spain, France, and Italy. And we had this tour guide that was absolutely amazing. She just took you're, you hit like so many different historical spots in one day that I probably wouldn't have been able to with my entire family. Um, she's very, very efficient. I got to see so many different historical sites and learn about their culture. Um, but I will say the, the, the trip was kind of long. It was two weeks. 
um, in the middle of the summer. So it was really hot. We went in the middle of the biggest heat wave they had there. So it was a great trip, but I was definitely sweating all the time. And I was going to carry the backpack. So. Well, going and doing something like that, it really brings history to life, too. You get to see things that you won't see in a book. Students, staff, and families packed the auditorium at Valencia High School to cheer on each honorary as they receive acknowledgments in their efforts by trustees, district administrators, and principals. Each received a special PYL USD certificate and challenge coin as a small token of our appreciation for their support. President Buck closed the ceremony aptly by sharing the following well known quote Volunteers do not necessarily have the time, they just have the this certainly rings true with all of our dedicated volunteers as we are grateful for their time despite their busy schedules and thankful for their heart through their invaluable contributions to students and school districts. Next, 26 PYLUSD educators were recently honored at the district's fourth annual Exceptional Educator event in April. The event was hosted by our Special Education Department in collaboration with the Community Advisory Committee, a parent-led organization focused on creating, promoting, and maintaining high-quality appropriate programs for students receiving special education services in the Pacific Orbelinda Unified School District or Brea Olinda Unified School District. Leading up to the event, the district sought nominations for professionals who have made exceptional contributions to their students. This year's nominees included teachers, instructional aides, principals, child care leads, long-term substitute teachers, bus drivers, district psychologists, and speech and language pathologists. We are grateful for the positive impact that each of these educators has made in the lives of our students. Valencia High School senior Aaron Kim recently earned the 2022 Orange County Register Artist of the Year distinction for instrumental music. Aaron received this recognition alongside six other Artists of the Year from various Orange County high schools in the categories of dance, vocal music, computer-assisted visual arts, theater, handcrafted visual arts, and film and animation. Aaron's undeniable musicianship as a violinist earned him this award out of 92 instrumental music nominees across multiple high schools and arts organizations. All of Valencia is so proud of Aaron's accomplishments, especially his music director and orchestra conductor at Valencia, Mr. Bruce Thompson. And congratulations to Melrose Elementary School, which has been named the 2022 California Pivotal Practice Award Program recipient for their innovative practices during the 2020-2021 school year. This year, CAT replaced the California Distinguished Schools Program, which is a long-standing award that honors high-performing campuses across the state. According to the California Department of Education, pandemic disruptions made it difficult to collect consistent assessment data, which typically serves as the basis for the Distinguished Schools Program. So CDE created the CAP Award to honor schools that implemented unique learning opportunities and strategies during and after distance learning instead. 
The pivotal practice that Melrose implemented during the 2020-2021 school year focused on closing the achievement gap, providing educational support, and increasing community involvement through their school-wide implementation of iReady. iReady is an online program that provides students with an initial assessment, instruction at their learning level, and subsequent diagnostics to allow for progress monitoring and interventions in the area of math and reading. It is usually utilized throughout the school district. Across the state, just 727 schools and 121 school districts were recognized with capital words this year. So congratulations, Melrose. And finally, summer break is around the corner. All of our calendars are full of exciting end-of-year activities. This includes school-wide carnivals, class presentations, final performances, last chance dances, customary clapouts, and the two biggest events of them all, middle school promotion and high school graduation ceremony. We look forward to hosting all of these events over the course of the last week of school. This season of celebration also serves as a time to reflect on our students' achievements throughout the 2021-2022 school year. We are especially proud of the class of 2022 for their major accomplishment of completing their K-12 academic journey in PYLUS stage. It is with confidence that we send these students into the world, knowing each and every one of them is prepared for success now Thank you, Dr. Essence. And that next moves us into communications and board report. And Mrs. Freeman, if you'll start down there. Okay. Okay. Um, first of all, um, I just wanted to say. Many of you saw this in the West York and Linda publication that's got the magazine in here yet. Um, and it's a great picture, a set of pictures really, of you know, they call it the perfect season. It's the one in the high space, but not And just really nice picture. Of course, but um, the coach of Jeff Bailey no longer is here. We can hear you. To that effort. Sorry, we can hear you. And, is it not on? Okay. Sorry. No, it is on. It's just very quiet. We can't hear the whole thing. All of it. It is now. There we go. Anyway, recap. Mustangs football team victory undefeated. Great article. Western Melinda magazine. Pictures included. Um, another thing in our um, recent publication that comes in uh, from I think this is Ed Cal, but anyway. Uh, they were talking about creating leaders with heart, and they're talking about an upcoming summer leadership institute celebrating its 30th year. But what I thought was really interesting is Jeannie Cash is involved with that. And Jeannie Cash was at one time in our district as our assistant superintendent of education services. So it was really kind of fun to find her. She's still out there doing great things for kids and for uh, educators. So that was great. Um, also, um, the ROP, there's many things going on there, and we just on April 27th had our annual celebration of success. Uh, this recognizes students um, from all five districts that, that make up the ROP, so that of course includes us. And we had many, many students recognized, and uh, I, I rather than take the time I hear, but I will provide those names of the many that were recognized. Uh, that were from all of our, our high schools 
and uh, what they receive. Um, also, on Monday, May 9th, uh, I and many, many, including the superintendent, assistant superintendents, and others, uh, and board members for ROP, went to the Marriott and Irvine for the 32nd Annual Celebration of Excellence, which honored the 2022 Administrators of the Year and Friends of Education. North Orange County ROP was honored that night in the category of Partners for Educational Educa e Education Excellence. And what's more, uh, the person honored as the Career Technical Education Administrator for this year is Gail Kyrus. Gail Kyrus used to be in our district before she went to ROP. Uh, she was at Yorba Linda Middle School. Um, and also, uh, we at North Orange County ROP have submitted for a consideration for the 2022 Golden Bell Awards for this December. Uh, the program that we have uh, entitled Medical Innovation Research and Entrepreneurship. And so that's really exciting. We're looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, I also was, and I know many of us are, so I guess I'll do it and then you can say you were there. And I know many of us have seen each other so many places. But again, your Glen High School and the PTA, PTSA had their Academic Mustang Achievement Awards ceremony. That was amazing, as always, uh, a really nice evening. Um, the OCSBA, that's Orange County School Board Association, and AXA, which is the Administrator Thank you very much. Joint dinner. We always have a couple of joint dinner meetings each year. And uh, the speaker was Dr. Michelle Borba, a former teacher. And she was excellent, and her topic was helping children thrive in uncertain times. And it's probably one of the very best that I've heard. It's very good. That evening, they also announced the Marianne Bergeson Awards for the past two years, because things have not exactly been such that we can all gather together. And so um, two people were acknowledged that night, Dr. Michael Simons of uh, Huntington Beach Union High School District, he's a board member there, and also Becky Gomez, board member of Orange County Board of Education. And also since we hadn't gathered in person for a while, they did uh, make point to also acknowledge our board president, Carrie Buck, who had also been recognized prior uh, for having received the Marion Bergeson Award. The Marine DeMarco Award, which isn't always presented, it was um, presented to two individuals, Dr. Clayton Chow and Dr. Al Maharas, Superintendent of Education in County. And it was um, particularly Dr. Chow, I think his remarks were really very fascinating to hear as to kind of the backdrop of how the early stages of dealing with the pandemic and how it impacted schools and how they worked to try to get us back to where we could be back in schools, but it, it, again, it was very, very fascinating. Um, it was already mentioned in the report about uh, students who were um, awarded scholarships and also received honors for their artwork when the Orbelina Women's Club had their recent gathering on May 5th. Prior day, we've all been busy, was the Founders Day dinner for all of PTA in our district, and um, many of us were there for that. And it was a nice evening, and a lot of work goes into that. And everyone was so excited because, again, we haven't been together for a long time. Um, I have the occasion, which I haven't done before, and that is to attend a band booster meeting that was outlining for incoming parents at the high school level. This was at 
um, I went to that meeting um, and have not had either of my children as they were in high school be in band uh, at that level. I, um, I was amazed by the commitment that parents must make, the students must make, and also um, the, the, the philosophies of the band director, I'm sure reflects the same at all of our high schools. Um, and um, kudos to, to the, um, all that goes into what a band director does to motivate and, and bring together such a large number of students. Uh, and also, lastly on that, I do want to say that the officers and others that are part of the booster clubs for bands, I've always known they were busy and committed and all that, but when you hear how laid out and, and the depth of their commitment and the expectations on them and what they do to, again, help, um, hats off to them. It's really nice. I did go to the REACH art show that was mentioned over at the um, location there in Casaloma. And it was great to see so much work um, throughout our district. And again, thank you to Reach for doing that. Lastly, um, school site tours. Again, back to ROP. I, at the invitation of our ROP superintendent, Dr. Chiarino, went with her um, and uh, one of our instructional administrators, um, and also a guest from California School Board Association, our liaison here in Orange County, Justin Nassi to both Esperanza campus and Valencia, and uh, went into four of our ROP classes at Valencia, and then over to the medical academy there at Esperanza. And it was very impressive, as it always is, um, but again, for someone who's not familiar with what um, career technical education is all about nowadays, it was, again, very eye-opening and um, enjoyed by the person that came along with us from CSBA. And that's it. We've all been so busy. Someone may have a lot of dittos and other things you guys are doing. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so everyone has been very busy best, uh, this, this last month. Uh, so um, good evening, everyone. Uh, since our last board meeting, uh, I was invited to, uh, as well as other members here, to a uh, first responder breakfast that was held in, in Yorba Linda to uh, officially recognize the uh, law enforcement and the, the firefighters and EMTs that uh, help um, cover the area of Yorba Linda. It was a, a great event, uh, and I cannot tell you how much um, it, uh, it just appeals to everyone to recognize the, those those members of our community, especially that uh, protect us and um, and take care of us during a day-to-day -day basis. So uh, that, that was a good breakfast, and I was uh, very thankful to be there. Uh, next, uh, I went to the uh, Love Your Belinda event. I'm sure I saw a lot of you there. Uh, it was an amazing event in which. Uh, we got to go to several different locations. My little small part was uh, I got to go to um, Valencia High School. I uh, met several students there and staff that were helping me lay mulch and ground cover in some of the uh, in some of the plant planting areas, and it was uh, it was neat. I got nice and dirty, uh, but it was a fun event, and it was great to see the turnout. The turnout was truly amazing. I, I saw uh, several of you there, and it was. Uh, 
just incredible for them. Also, um, uh, after which I was uh, invited to attend a U.S. Army, um, I guess you would call it a kind of a, it was like a recruitment type of, of deal, which uh, the Army was showing myself and, and uh, Trustee Blades. Um, what they were planning to do with students uh, in order to kind of motivate them to uh, look at a, a program that they could not only get involved in that would pay for schooling, uh, but also uh, help protect this wonderful nation of ours. So that was uh, that was even uh, pretty incredible. They, they, they even wanted to enlist me, but uh, once they uh, <laughs> once they realized they couldn't retrain a old Marine, they, they decided uh, not to do that. So uh, that was really pretty cool. Um, I uh, attended two of the Distinguished, distinguished Scholar Award ceremonies, uh, one for El Dorado, uh, high school and one for your Belinda High School. Every time I, I see these and um, the, the kids that are getting announced that have 4.0 through you know freshmen to high school, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, you know, squeaking by at a, at a C level, um, I couldn't imagine some of the things these kids are doing and uh, what their future is looking like um, ahead of them. And. I expect there are probably many more exceptional students in our district, just like the ones I witnessed with a very bright uh, future in front of them. Uh, I too got a chance to stop by the art show um, at the uh, Professional Development Academy. Uh, incredible, incredible. Some of these kids' talent uh, when it comes to uh, artwork with pencil, pen, charcoal, um, all the way up to, to pottery and ironworks was just amazing. I, I was uh, I was just taken back at the, the, the talent that uh, our students have. So um, I was just want to congratulate all those students uh, for the well-deserved recognition that they put in. I, I'm sure there was a lot of time and energy that it took to, to make these projects. Okay, so with that, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, obviously, next next month when we start uh, getting all of our graduations together and, and our promotions for our middle schoolers, uh, so I really am looking forward to that as well as uh, just like uh, uh, Dr. Alsasser said, there is a lot of other events that are uh, uh, going to be happening, and I'm sure we'll all be participating. And I look forward <laughs> to seeing a lot of you at these events. And so, uh, thank you, uh, and that will be the end of my work. <laughs> Well, good evening. Um, I always can count on Mrs. Freeman to uh, tell where we've all been because I forget. Um, <laughs> so that was amazing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So she covered a lot, a lot of bases. Um, I also, too, um, the Army recruiting uh, thing that we went to in Newport Beach uh, was a, a great event, and the military really has stepped up their game and is very competitive with what they offer our students. Um, and we were also able to have honest conversations when they asked, because apparently military recruiting is rather low right now. So we were able to have honest conversations about what parents fear, um, anything that we've had heard from teachers and the like. Um, and so it was a very um, interesting event and they did not try to recruit him. Fake so <laughs> 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 <Big, big> news. <laughs> Uh, I was also, too, you know, when we go to the schools and do different things, as a board member, things are um, 
you know, just a, it's a different perspective. And so Yorba Linda High School had Teacher Appreciation Week, and I was able to um, go into the library with Mrs. Phillips, who was absolutely taken over by us. Um, and we were able to serve the teachers, and uh, we made, you know, some date goods for them. Um, and so it was really nice to do the setup and um, meet the teachers there and um, just really show them, um, you know, our, our appreciation for all that they do. So um, that was a good thing because I kind of was able to be a mom in that, in that thing. So that was nice. Um, another thing that stood out to me, and it really was, it, it involved a family um, in our district and it wasn't a school function, but I was invited to um, a mariachi festival and it, it was amazing. I love mariachis. So I was super excited when I was asked. They didn't think I might not have any interest. Then I said, well, wait a second. I love mariachis. So um, we were able to go down there, my husband and I, and we met um, with the family. And we were able to um, honor uh, their teacher, their mariachi teacher, who is now um, deceased. But he came out with a book. And there was artwork when we met the family. And it was just such a good night. Um, and so afterwards, I did ask the teacher. Um, who's taken over for the father, I said, you know, are you in the schools? And he said, yes, we are. And he is actually in Anaheim School District. And I just thought this could be such a great opportunity. So I did talk to him a little bit, and he said that he's very interested in trying possibly to come over um, to our junior highs. So um, I have more information that I can pass on um, with that. Um, so another thing as well, I've had some meetings with um, some community members who were very concerned about social emotional learning and why do I support it. And um, I was, and right about this time uh, when I was being asked this question and the reasoning why, I noticed that a lot of the news stations uh, have really kind of just politicized and Kind of made it into something that I don't believe that it was originally intended to be. And so what I've explained, and I was just going to pass this on here because I know a lot of people watch, um, CELLAS was intended or is intended to act, impact classroom learning. Um, classroom learning includes cognitive, social, and emotional aspects, and this needs to be supported in the classroom, not through external programs. And it helps students with self-regulation and emotional re regulation. Um, and self-competencies are recognizing and managing emotions, setting and achieving positive, positive goals, appreciating the perspectives of others, establishing and maintaining positive relationships, make responsible decisions, and handle interpersonal situations constructively. And so when this is done inside the classroom, it's basically it's a wonderful teacher and student relationship. Um, what we're seeing on the news, and what we're also seeing in some programs that have attempted to try to possibly come in here is um, they might have a yoga program and they might have some program and that what they want the students to do is the, the teacher or the instruction for this um, might say, well, let's meditate and talk about your biases or think about any biases. And so that's where it's kind of gotten hijacked, um, I believe, in the school setting and from the people that I've been speaking to who are um, really up to date and some of the books that I've been reading. And so I do support this cell type learning in this, you know, in this pure form. And I think that it is a good tool for us to use inside the classroom, especially um, if the teacher and student relationships are built. And um, we stick to this thing where if a child is possibly parents are going through divorce, there's a death in the family, they have anxiety, they have some type of depression. 
learning to be able to self-regulate and to be able to tell our teacher, I'm struggling today, and to be able to get through this and be able to stay in the classroom and to be able to finish the lesson. Because what happens is when the child has to leave the classroom, you know, to get help because we're past that point, that's when they lose the curriculum and the learning, There's the, that's where we get the learning loss. So that's what I've been explaining to people and that's my support of social emotional learning. I'm in support of it in that level. I'm not for the hijacking and the politicizing of it. Um, and so one more thing, which is going to just be, a, it's a little bit different, but I feel like I really should um, say it up here in front of everybody. So if anybody has any questions, they can email me, call me, text me. Um, I'm getting reports from some teachers from different schools that some of the APLE union reps have been going to the different schools and they have been saying that myself and maybe other members of the board, due to our political views, do not support teachers and are planning on taking away pay and benefits. And they've also said if more conservatives get on this board, their agenda will never be accomplished. And so my question is, what would the union agenda be? And what is the union's position besides pay benefits and working conditions for teachers? So I'm here to say that anybody who knows me and knows that I have been in two police unions before, and I'm all about pay, I'm all about benefits. I left the sheriff's department because I went to a different police department that had better pay and better benefits, and I did what I needed to do for my family. <laughs> so we've had, since I've been on the board, we've um, approved two raises, and I believe that we need to pay our staff, teachers, everybody, the best that we possibly can do, so we retain them. And so this is a good place to work, and they can provide for their families. So it doesn't matter who's on this board or what political position I am, this is what my goal is. And I will never take away anybody's pay or benefits. So please, I thank you. I appreciate the three teachers from the different schools who have been told this. Um, I think that this narrative is damaging to the reputation of our district. Because if the teachers union is saying this about their board members and other teachers who might possibly, or aides, anybody who wants to come to our district is hearing this about us, I think it's damaging. And it's just untrue. So I wanted to set the record straight tonight that that is never and will never be my intention. And also, too, and this isn't, I'm going to be honest here, all through the CRT ban, all through some of these um, things that we've, these issues that we've been going through, the union has been spreading false things and, and false narratives to the teachers, to the students, to the staff things that we have said on here that is on camera, and they have said otherwise. And so if we're gonna continue to have this table over here that is an accommodation, we expect that the truth is going to be told to the teachers, to the staff, and to everyone. There should not be any politicizing of this. We need to have what we say up here needs to be relayed to the staff appropriately. And if that can't be done, then there's no need for this table. Bye. Yeah. Was that we're trying to promote charter schools and we want to 
get rid of uh, the public school system, which is not true. Do I believe in parents' choice? Absolutely, I do believe in parents' choice. And I stand by that. However, I do believe that making our school district the best that it possibly does and to strive to do that, parents won't want to, parents and students won't want to leave our school if we continue to strive to do that and to have more accessibility and to give the parents what they want. And we know because we know why people are leaving and going to charter schools and the private schools and we know what they're seeking. So we need to bring that back and we need to have the trust and the respect and we need to have um, a reason that people want to stay and want to be here and we need to give that to our families. So I just wanted to clear that up here. I wasn't trying to cause issues, but I figured, you know what, I'm here, the cameras are on, I make everybody, there's, there can't be any, uh, any of uh, my words, I guess, you know, um, misconstrued. And then finally, uh, I just wanted to add this, and I know we have one more month with um, Dr. L. Sasser, but the surprising news got me by surprise, and um, I was really sad, and I threatened that I was going to go to his school district and go to open comments and <laughs> demand that they vote against him um, when I heard about this. But I just wanted to say that I really appreciate Dr. Elsasser's hard work, um, your dedication. And with Dr. Elsasser in our district, there was a level of care. He really cared for his board. He cared for the staff. He cared for the teachers. He cared for everybody here. Um, and that was one thing that you were just comfortable with, that he cared. He didn't just look at this as a job. He really did care for everybody here. Um, so I appreciate your professionalism. <clears throat> your knowledge, your thoughtfulness. He um, was very patient with me because he knows I'm a texter, so I text him a lot. <laughs> um, um, but he worked hard, and a lot of the hiring, he, he we made some great hires um, in this past year and a half, and he did he did so with so much thoughtfulness. Um, and, and I just can't say enough for him, and you will definitely um, be missed, and I'm looking for ways to sabotage <laughs> you going uh, to this other district, but um, I just wanted you to know how much I respect you as a professional and a person, and I'm just very, um, I'm very happy that I, I was able to meet you and to work alongside you, so thank you. I would like to um, highlight the AVID showcase I went and observed at Ruby Drive. And we, it was fun tonight to see our AVID uh, leaders in eighth grade tonight. And at Ruby, I got to see the very beginnings of the AVID and um, learn about their core principles, writing, inquiry, collaboration, organization, and reading to learn. And the best part about this showcase was in every classroom, there was um, students who led you through the classroom and showed you exhibits and things like that. And um, they were amazing students because as they walked around the room, they were like, this is an example of my two column notes. And this is an example of my organization. And this is my agenda and um, things like that. And so some of the, comments from the kids, and these are not direct quotes because I wasn't there, but um, in, in uh, TK, so these are not kindergartners yet, um, the students, first of all, 
were um, very disappointed that we weren't on their schedule. Like, get over here, I have more to show you. Because we were admiring and they wanted to keep us on task. And uh, they're like, here's our organization team. This is where I can find all the supplies I need. And they showed us how everything worked. Um, in fourth grade, the student um, was explaining her two-column notes. And um, we asked her, well, how do you use these notes? And she goes, well, I can refer back to them so I don't have to bother the teacher. And um, I thought that was a, a good answer. And in second grade, they were showing us these passages that they had underlined. And, um, and we asked, like, well, why do you do that? She goes, well, it's part of inquiry. And we underlined the key passages. And, and this is second graders explaining to me exactly how they detail these notes. And it was, it was just such a fun experience. And I hope um, you guys all get to go and witness that at some time. Um, I also attended Distinguished Scholar Nights for El Dorado and Valencia, and um, what I love always is getting a glimpse into these students' personalities and seeing them and hearing about their future plans and what they're going to do and the very vast um, experiences that they've had in high school that have been memorable to them. I got to go and speak at the Young Civic Leaders Academy and share a little bit about why I serve on the school board. And I got to answer a lot of their students' questions on topics from budgets. Um, and they were very interested in the new high school start times, which I don't know why, but they were very excited about that <laughs> and what that would mean to them. I also went to the REACH art exhibit and got to see many talented artists. And um, it always is amazing to me how many names and artists that I like I recognize and I had a really fun night that night I was taking pictures and texting them to my friends and like I just saw your child's artwork they look amazing and um, it was just a fun night to do that um, I went to the Founders PTA Council dinner and um, got to celebrate all the hard work that our volunteers do I also attended a two-day Master in Governance course number four, and it's on human resources and collective bargaining, which um, was really good timing um, because there was a lot of information about hiring a new superintendent. Um, but I, I think I have a better understanding in how to um, how to do that and make an effective leader choice and, and better understanding about my role as a trustee in negotiations. Um, I attended the community honoree night. And as I was sitting there and they were telling everything that they were doing, um, I just was in my head adding up all those volunteer hours, you know, jogging on this and that, and uh, book fair. And I know how much work it is to be a volunteer at a school and all those hours that you're doing on top of your normal job. And I just so respect them for everything that they do and how they serve our big thanks to the REACH Foundation and for all the assistance from all the different middle schools we're putting on the middle school track meet. Um, it was a fun night, a fun afternoon celebrating our students and cheering them on. And um, just, just uh, one, I want to make one little commercial, I guess. Um, on Memorial Day, um, there is a Memorial Day life celebration at de Niños in the Atwood community, and they're looking for volunteers starting early in the morning, 
until peanuts. So if you have a couple hours to spare, or your um, teenagers needs community service hours, this is a great place to sign up. <coughs> Just go to lot3team.org, go to their website, and sign up. And there's lots of different variety of opportunities to serve. The beauty of being the last one is I don't have to repeat all of it. <laughs> I'll give highlights now. Um, so I was able to go to um, the Orange County Teacher of the Year. Um, they did 21 and 22 this year together um, since we missed the ability to do that um, last year. So it was really nice. They have it at the Disneyland Hotel and um, honored teachers all around the county. And the, um, the Orange County Teacher of the Year, the one that was selected wasn't there because she was um, in Sacramento. Uh, being awarded the California, or the, no, she was in D.C. being awarded the um, National Teacher of the Year. So it was, no, that's wrong, California Teacher of the Year. That's why she wasn't there. Um, but it was really incredible to see, because they do videos, and they go out and um, to all of the teachers' classrooms, and they get clips from the students and the parents, and um, it was really fun and nice to be back doing that again. And Minnie and Mickey get to show up at the end, so you can't beat that. Um, I did attend a couple of distinguished scholars, your Belinda High School and uh, Valencia High School, both, um, and attended the dinner meeting uh, for OCSBA. Um, I got the wonderful opportunity, we saw our, our avid standouts from eighth grade today. Um, I was able to go and, and see them awarded at Angel Stadium, but I also went to the senior standout um, avid awards at UCI. Um, it's such a wonderful program, and I'm really proud of our district because we start at elementary school and we take it all the way up through. So they're learning skills in elementary school that I probably didn't learn until I was in high school or college. Um, just keeping your agenda and your daily planner, um, doing that early when you're doing that in elementary school, it's something that you don't have to be taught in middle and, and high school. So you're, you're already building an organization. So I just love that program and the connection that, um, that provides students to opportunities and to thinking about college and career. Um, let's see, your Belinda, um, loved your Belinda and Placentia. We had at um, his OC yeah, shelter, we had um, a project there. Again, landscaping, I think that's a common one. People like to do that, or it's easy to, to get people involved in. Um, artworks, I uh, went to that um, and immediately um, over to the Founders Dinner as well, which was really nice. And I won a basket for the first time ever, so that was really fun. Um, I, I did. I kind of did a little dance, I guess. I was very exciting. <laughs> and some of you might not have liked the basket, but it was a vegan basket. Um, but I have a daughter who's vegan, so it was it was kind of great. I could give her some of the stuff that was in there. Um, the Your Belinda Women's Club Art and Scholarship Awards was is always a great night. They give over thirty thousand um, dollars in scholarships to our students, and um, want to recognize them for doing that. Uh, the community recognition ceremony we usually had in the boardroom right before a meeting or during a meeting like we did tonight with our avid students and having it at Valencia High School this year was amazing. Um, I hope that we continue that tradition. It was um, really special. It made it uh, uh, better than fitting it in and then moving on to the board meeting while everybody gets to celebrate. You get to um, spend a little time with him afterwards and, and talk. So I hope we continue that um, that new tradition. Um, middle school track meet was awesome. Um, it was really fun to go around and, and see all the students. And the next day I went into the gear up class at Tuffrey, 
um, on Thursdays, they do Wellness Thursdays, and they do um, various activities to, to um, self-regulate and, and keep the stress down. And um, it was nice to go in there and, and spend a little time with them and get to know some of the, the young guys in there. Um, the Conditions of Children's Report um, is out. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, you can find it online. It's incredibly comprehensive. And there are a lot of things in here that relate to education. Um, some of the things that I noticed that was a bit striking, um, when you look at teen births in, um, in our area, Yorba Linda is one of the lowest, but placentia is actually the highest in the county. And we're also, um, placentia is also the highest in the county for preterm births and low weight births. Um, and Yorba Linda is the total opposite of that. Um, so it's just a kind of surprising and something that we should I don't, I don't know, it was just kind of a surprise how many teen births we have. Um, um, another couple of things I'll point out, um, kindergarten readiness, they have um, that listed in here. Um, we are on um, the higher end for Yorba Linda and a little bit lower in Placentia. Um, um, development, developmentally ready for kindergarten. And then lastly, um, college readiness. We are... Um, Kind of on the low end for um, college readiness when you compare it across the county. So um, it, there's just so much in here. Um, it goes from health and wellness to um, education, variety of things. So um, you can look it up. Some of them is district um, district category. Some of it is uh, city category. Um, but I'm a data kind of person, so I like to dig in and see what that means. Um, I had the opportunity to go to a couple of schools, um, Valencia High School with um, Chris Hersfeld. Uh, we walked around to all the classes, and um, the next day he sent me, he kind of took notes as he went, and he sent me a list of all the classes we went to and some of the things we looked at. I'd never seen, he'd, nobody had ever done that before. It was really nice, just sent a link to all of that. Um, so thank you, Chris, for, for doing that. Um, it helps just um, you know, reinforce what I, what I had seen. Um, and then Lakeview uh, Elementary School with Principal Stephanie Given. Um, she is great. Um, I really enjoyed walking around and listening to her talk about her um, focus on instructional practices and how she um, works with our students with disabilities and, and making sure they're included, um, as well as she's got so many uh, preschool programs on the campus from special ed preschool and, and regular preschool. So um, it was nice to go around and see hear about what her plans are for the next couple of years. Um, thank you today uh, for CSEA. They invited us to lunch um, for their annual um, recognition of all of their members. So I got to go over and say hello to a, a few of them were, that were there. So a couple of you that are going to be there. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, been to Sacramento once earlier in the month for uh, California Nutrition Advisory Council. And we've, um, our collective group has um, selected three priorities that we're going to be working, uh, working on um, at our next meeting that we'll um, be developing and sending to uh, Superintendent Tony Thurman. Um, it's kind of, we only have four meetings a year and we only meet for a handful of hours. So um, it's been a little slow, slow process. Um, but we have identified the three priorities and we're going to work on um, how to develop that out um, so that it can be. Um, shared across the state. Um, and then this weekend, um, getting ready to go to Delaware Assembly. Looking forward to that. Um, and Sacramento again. And um, I guess I'll leave it at that. So, 
thank you all for being here and uh, move on to our next part of the meeting. Okay, so that brings us next to public comment. And we have 11 speakers. So we actually are gonna have more than a minute tonight. So each of our speakers are going to have three minutes. Um, do we have a timer, Jeremy? All right, Jeremy's gonna work on that. Um, so I'm gonna read off, uh, maybe we'll just do three. I'll start with three and then you can, um, so you know who's up next. We'll start with Sue. Follows. I hope I said that right. Um, Grady Yu and Judy Desjardins. And so again, you'll have three minutes. And if you'll repeat your name when you start, please. I, too, sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat at the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh, and I eat well, and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare send me to eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. Elementary school. You ever rumple a paper and then try to unrumple it? Once words are said, you can't get it straight again. Once the words are said, my elementary granddaughter, third grade, came home and she asked if she was black. She didn't know. And you're teaching this stuff. This is from your district. CRT curriculum. On their website, they say they're CRT. And I quote, culturally responsive teaching, CRT, for ethnically diverse students should be a fundamental feature of teacher preparation and classroom practice. This is benchmark, I don't have my glasses here, benchmark universe.com. Texts or close reading. I beg you to please look at your curriculum. You're not. Personally, I don't think you're ready to move on next year with all of the, the new stuff. I think you need a year to review what is going on in the classrooms currently. 
and having having been a teacher myself, you have actually have no control over what teachers say in the classroom, unfortunately. And I don't know what you do about that because it's, it's a sad situation. <laughs> Thank you. controversial issues policy, here's the situation that could happen as follows. You invite a Ukrainian refugee to speak at a school as a guest teacher, present their one point of view. Then the teacher becomes responsible for ensuring that students know how woke and corrupt the Zelensky regime is, and how it's Russia who's fighting to defend Western civilization. And if the students decide to protest this and walk out of your Russian propaganda, you're in, you intend to punish them for not being respectful of the other viewpoints. I see how it is. Russian gas heats your homes. No, no, that's not the intent of this, of this policy. The intent has always been to have it selectively enforced. I notice how vague it is as to what, a, what is considered a controversial topic or controversial issue. It doesn't restate that. No, the intent has always been to apply it to controversial issues like LGBT ideology supported by Zelensky. Now speaking of that, I wonder, at what age does it suddenly become age appropriate? Is there a number? Notice how the arguments, this is not age appropriate. There is never a point at which that ends. Maybe you think the age is 65, but what you're really saying is, maybe there's things that shouldn't be taught at all. And if I remember correctly, isn't this the same district that decided that there was a theory that was too controversial, so it shouldn't be taught at all, passed the resolution saying that, and now all of a sudden you've changed your mind and said, we need to, have space for controversial topics. I'm not sure where, what's happening here. Okay, so I ask you to reconsider your um, your the draft of the controversial issue policy. I think there are very there are several efficiencies and probably unintended consequences if you allow it to go into effect as it is currently drafted. Thank you. Judy. And next up um, will be Gunn, Ed Gunn, Sarah Phillips, and Sharon G. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm here again as a grandmother. Uh, I do have a solution to improve the student scores. Stop the Common Core program. For example, uh, the math. The parents know how to do the math. They know how to get the answer. But they have a very difficult time te teaching or helping their, uh, their children. I've spoken to many parents regarding this, and they are very frustrated with it. When Common Core was first adopted in 2013, I spoke to um, the uh, financial planner and investment uh, banker at the uh, Teachers Credit Union. 
And he said to me, Judy, numbers are my game. I can't even help my own son. And what did he do? He pulled his son out of Travis. So education is meant to be a triangle. You have the teacher, you have the student, and you have the parent. And Common Core breaks this triangle. So please listen to the parents and hear what they have to say. And I, hope, I know that it is state mandated, but parents, you can make a difference. If you start uh, talk, reaching out and uh, to the board and the board and perhaps the union can speak to our governor and we can stop the common core. Thank you so much. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. First, teachers good, union bad. I say our district needs no CRT, no Common Core, no co-parenting with government, no activism in our classrooms, no sexualization of our students, no boys in the girls' sports locker rooms or bathrooms. Yes. Yep. No revisionist history, as it is important not to repeat mistakes of the past. Why did our kids wear masks for so long during the Wuhan virus? Why? Why were our kids out on remote learning for so long? The union, that's why. Who has proven that they don't care about our children? The union. The union. The union. That is correct. The union is the problem that needs to be fixed. Who does the union like? Well, Carrie Buck and Karen Freeman. That's who the union likes. I also believe that they probably like Saul Alinsky as well, and probably Karl Marx. <laughs> I will close with this. Frazier, good. Freeman, bad. Engel, good. Buck, bad. Thank you very much. Well said. I'm Sarah Phillips. Good evening, everybody. It's May, and that means it's Asian American Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Uh, the library has a broad collection of fiction and nonfiction books on display and available for checkout. I found some awesome, uh, awesome poster set from the Book Wrangler that has added some great visual interest to the display. And you can see pictures of that at the Yorba Linda High School Facebook page. And there's also a virtual display of online resources on the library website. Uh, in that vein, <clears throat> I just finished a book titled The Kindness of Color by Janice Munimitsu. It's a great piece of local Orange County history, detailing the lives and circumstances of two families. The first is the Munimitsu family, Americans of Japanese descent who were forced into incarceration following the bombing of Pearl Harbor and Executive Order 9066. The second is the Mendez family who agreed to lease the Munimitsu farm to maintain the, um, the land and, and work the land. Uh, the Mendez 
American family and other local Mexican American families um, brought suit against Orange County School Districts to end school segregation in California. The decision in their favor was a precursor to the Brown versus uh, Board of Education in 1954. One thing that Munamitsu does in each chapter is a focus on kindness and what defines it. My favorite was um, at the end of chapter eight. Kindness is omoriyari, which in Japanese is sympathy and compassion shown and demonstrated for others. She notes that this is universally necessary for society to be sustainable. Thank you for your time. After Sharon, we have Andy Falco, Paul Kunkel, and Chris Curtis. Hi, I have two children in elementary school in this district. Um, like the parents here, I'm very concerned about what's been going on in our school district. Um, I'm very upset that my young children's innocence has been taken away from them through various exposures at school. My eyes were also open during the online learning at the beginning of the pandemic. I've seen firsthand the stories and information my children have been exposed to through the online programs. Also, these kids are spending way too much classroom time on the online programs on our Chromebooks. I saw this going back to pre-pandemic times when I was a volunteer in many of the classrooms and I was there two to three times a week for several years. Um, I will say it's dependent on the teachers. Some teachers I see use the Chromebooks and the online programs as more of a crutch. Um, and other teachers are definitely better about more um, live instruction for the children. Um, I know families who have left the district because of all the time spent on these online programs, and I know another family that will be leaving the district for those reasons next year. I don't know what screams the need for teacher-led interactive learning more than the proficiency scores that we saw at one of the last meetings. Yep. Secondly, my most important role as a parent is to protect my children. Please continue to fight the mask and the vaccine mandates. Fight for parent choice. Um, I hope that you support that each parent, parents and family situation is individual and they should be able to make the best choice for them and their, and their family. Thank you. Hello, I'm Andy. Uh, and I'm going to pretend for tonight that we have gotten through the nonsense of CRT and the mess. So let's just pretend that we've gotten past that. But parents, it's time to concentrate on the actual education of our kids. If I may be so bold to say, it's time to make education great again. As was demonstrated by a presentation given to us at one of the last meetings by one of the district superintendents, the level of education at PYLAUSD is pathetic. They blow smoke up parents' skirts by saying, look, we have increased the number of students who are meeting standards by 10 to 14%. But if I remember correctly, it was several months ago that they had lowered the standards of, of grading down 10 to 14%. So it's really not fair to say, look how great we are when we've improved something that was merely done by altering the numbers. I heard today from one of my freshmen at my home, uh, I have two freshmen at El Dorado, and that students can graduate with a D minus. It is no wonder that I see kids working at registers at Starbucks or Coffee Bean that struggle to count change back or even to have 
a conversation with their customer in an appropriate manner. I ask them sometimes, what school did you go to? And they'll say, one of the schools in our school district. And it just makes total sense that they can't count simple change. So parents, we have some work to do. First, as we all know, the teachers union and their negative influence must go. We also need to find a superintendent. Now I'm gonna go with Leandra. She said that Dr. Osasser was a, a, a good superintendent for us. I'm gonna take her word for it. But let's be involved in the hiring of our next superintendent. I don't know how we can be involved. I don't know how we can do it, but we need to figure it out. I do not know, uh, I just read that part, but we need to figure it out. And of course, we have two school board members who need to be replaced. So we all need to be active in that. Yeah. It may take some time to make education great again here in Placentia or Belinda, but as you know, I have five kids in the district. One of them is in first grade. I will be here for a long time, and I will not stop <laughs> fighting for our kids. Yes. serving our community. Thank you, board, for listening to us. Um, what I'm going to talk about tonight is 5G. It's coming to our community, and it's coming now. Um, if you have been sitting at home on your couch during all this COVID nonsense and masking in our schools, uh, it's time for you to get up, because this is going to be, if not as bad, worse than the mandatory vaccines and the masking and COVID. This is another uh, issue where big business is coming in and it's going to affect our health and our kids' health. Um, this is not a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. This is an issue about our kids, our kids' safety, and our safety as family members in our community. The way 5G works is Right now, you have your normal cell towers. Yeah. Let's just give an example of a half mile apart. To make 5G work, you have to have spacing of every 700 feet to have 5G. That means in a half a mile spot through our city and through our uh, housing tracks, there's going to be a cell site for 5G transmitting every 700 feet. That's I mean, there's going to be hundreds probably in our community. Um, I just got this notice on Thursday. There's one going in 10 feet next to my house. Okay. I live near the dry lake bed. I know someone on, in this area over here lives over there too. And you should be concerned about what's happening because the city council or the uh, city planning is having a meeting coming up. They're saying that it's a radome site. They're not saying it's 5G or 4G or anything. They're being very vague. And um, anyway, uh, radiation coming from these cell towers um, causes tumors and cancers and aggravates existing cancers. Radiation also damages DNA and causes infertility. The Bragg Antenna Ranking is a school report that recommends schools, school districts, 
All municipalities and states call upon the FCC for a ruling that requires 1,500 feet setback for any and all wireless infrastructure near schools. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, at Veterans Park, at the park, which is about 300 yards from Yorba Linda Middle School, on one of the giant light beams is a cell trans or cell transmitting area. Also on the high school, Yorba Linda High School has one. Sorry, I have so much information. I made flyers, and uh, I'll be passing those out to anyone that wants them. But meeting next Wednesday the 25th at City Council. Good evening. Uh, thank you board members for voting on the CRT stuff. Many, many parents very happy. As you notice, they're all here tonight and all the ones that we're fighting against that are gone. Still here. Still here. Oh, two of you. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, I'm going to be here fighting for my kid. I believe all of them are going to be here fighting for their kids. And, uh, you know, the people that keep showing up, they're the squeaky wheels. There's the one we want to listen to. Thank you for all your time. Hi, good evening. Ben Stubbs, uh, parent here of the community, uh, members of the board and the community. I just want to take the extra time that we have to uh, once again congratulate the 2022 Advent. Uh, standouts in eighth grade. It's really inspiring to see uh, what they're, the success that they're having. Um, my main comment is that prior to March 2020, our school site of Glenview uh, enjoyed, I believe, a warm culture of fellowship and community among students, families, teachers, staff, and admin. Uh, from 7.30 a.m. to 7.50 a.m., parents were permitted on campus to walk laps together with other families, students, and their children. Um, communicate with teachers, and accompany our children to the lineup. This is a wonderful way to start the day for all. I imagine other school sites also had uh, these activities um, as well. But I understand that now principals at each site have the option to open the outdoor portion of campus to parents and families and caregivers before class begins for these activities. And despite having expressed the desire to open up our campus, our principal has not yet elected to open up our campus. I do not know the reason exactly, but um, if it's COVID-related, if that's a concern, um, then I, I don't understand why we would have hosted a carnival on campus with uh, hundreds of families in attendance and had uh, field trips with uh, buses with full of our, our kids and other chaperones from other families. So I ask publicly uh, for our principals and site administrators within our district to elect to reopen our campuses once again for AM drop-off. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Raquel Fleischner and I'm a parent of three in the district and a teacher. When you say teachers good, union bad, uh, what I hear is this, tired, underpaid teachers who suffer in compliant silence just to make it through the day, good. Underpaid teachers who exercise their right to organize to make their incredibly difficult and stressful jobs more sustainable, bad. You've heard me speak many times before on the best way to ensure we have a good school district. Spoiler alert, it's with a great teacher. Coincidentally, Ms. Blades also chose to speak about supporting teachers. 
here's the thing. You can't say you support teachers while simultaneously questioning the intentions of their union. You can't say you support teachers while voting against staff mental health supports. You can't say you support teachers and simultaneously sow doubt regarding their competence and expertise. Our teachers came here in droves to speak against banning certain discourse in the classroom, and you ignored them. That's not me misconstruing your words. It's me coming to every board meeting and taking note of what you say, and more importantly, what you do. If this board really supports our teachers, you should know teacher turnover statistics and why so many of our teachers have retired early or gone to other districts. If this board really supports our teachers, you should be giving teachers the tools they're asking for to better teach their lessons, not constantly questioning them. Saying you support teachers doesn't mean you actually support them. And more importantly, if teachers are sending the message that they aren't feeling supported, maybe you need to do a little less talking and a little more listening. Thank you. That's the end of our public comment. Uh, now we'll be moving on to staff presentations. Um, and Dr. Adamson? Board serves the parents and other teachers. Thank you. Good evening, President Pack, members of the board, executive cabinet, and members of the community. It's my pleasure to introduce to you this evening our Executive Director of Special Education, Mrs. Renee Ray, who will present an overview of Crescentia Yorba-Linda's current special education data as it relates to our students' access to the general education guidelines. Data regarding the inclusion of our students with special needs will be presented, along with a long-range plan to focus on the amount of time that our students are included in the general education settings, beginning with our preschool. Yeah. This information and data is impactful given our continued focus on collective teacher efficacy, which is grounded in our collective belief and vision that all students can learn. This focus naturally leads to the creation of learning environments in which all students learn based and time therefore be successful. To lead us through this important information, this is the main goal. Good evening, President Buck, trustees, Superintendent El Sasser, and Executive Cabinet. I have the pleasure to present our long-range plan designed to address more inclusive opportunities in the general education environment for our special education students. Tonight, I will be reviewing our why behind inclusive educational practices, the research surrounding inclusive practices, our district data on least restrictive environment, the state compliance mandates, and our long-range plans for ensuring our students with disabilities are included in our general education program. Why is inclusion important? Every child has a different learning style and pace. Each child is unique, not only capable of learning, but also capable of succeeding. Our focus is on changing the learning environment to accommodate our students because we believe all students can learn. As you know, our educational services department's focus this school year has been on collective teacher efficacy. Collective teacher efficacy is defined as educators share belief that through their collective action, they can positively influence student outcomes, including with those students who are disengaged, disadvantaged, or differently abled. 
When inclusive instruction is designed carefully and intentionally, and barriers are identified and removed, our students with special needs can participate to the best of their ability, improving the education of all students as they learn together. Many years of research reflects that the education of children with disabilities is most effective when having high expectations and ensuring access to the general education curriculum in the regular classroom. In early childhood, there are long-term effects of early placement decisions. Research has shown that children of matched demographics and developmental levels who were placed in inclusive preschool programs were significantly more likely to be in inclusive elementary classes several years later than their matched peers who started off in separate preschool programs. For our school-age students, a quantitative study of more than 15,000 students between the ages of 6 and 9 years old within 180 school districts found that access positively impacted outcomes. The study found a strong correlation between the amount of time spent in general education and achievement in math and reading for students with disabilities. In adulthood, data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights possible lingering effects of limited educational opportunity. It indicates only 21.6% of people with disabilities are participating in the labor force, compared to 67.3% of the total population. Additionally, after longitudinally following the outcomes of students with disabilities, it was found that the more time spent in general education was positively correlated with better outcomes for these students after high school in the areas of employment and independent living. The intent of special education is to provide <coughs> specialized supports and services to students through an individualized education program to assist students in accessing the general education program. Under the Individuals with Disabilities Act, known as IDEA, special education is considered a service for children rather than a place where children are sent. Therefore, special education is not necessarily the resource room or a self-contained classroom. It is the service delivered based on the student's unique needs, which could be in various settings. Our role in educating our students with disabilities is about identifying and removing barriers so that our students can participate in general education to the best of their ability when appropriate. IDEA clearly states that students with special needs should only be removed from the general education environment when their needs cannot be met with the help of specialized supports and services. We as a district are committed to increasing positive educational opportunities for all students. The relationship between class placement and educational outcomes have demonstrated positive effects for students the greater the time they learn in a general education setting. Some of the benefits for special education students include more satisfying and diverse friendships, higher academic achievement, higher student engagement, improved communication, more opportunities for higher education, and more meaningful employment as adults. Some of the benefits for general education include more satisfying and diverse friendships, wider acceptance of differences, improved self-concept, and development of more diverse, caring relationships. The following are testimonials from both a parent of one of our special needs students in the SDC and integrated program, as well as a parent of a general education student who is in one of our integrated preschool programs called Neighborhood Buddies. The first testimonial reads, my daughter has friends in both her special education and general education class. Kids want to play with her and she is receiving their kindness and enjoys them back. Parents, 
thank you for teaching your kids kindness. My child has quirks, but she is being accepted by your children. That is modeled and taught by you. That is instilled in them by you. That comes from the environment you raise them in. Because of those actions, I have hope and peace for my kids' future. The second testimony reads, Our son learned about having compassion and showing kindness to friends who may be struggling or have differences. He was exposed to a wide range of learning modalities, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, as the teachers diversified instruction to meet the needs of all students. He learned he could make friends and play with kids who might look, sound, and act differently than himself. The Federal Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, known as IDEA, requires that IEP teams determine the least restrictive environment for each student ages 3 through 22 years of age qualifying for special education services. Additionally, IDEA mandates that each public agency must ensure that, to the maximum extent appropriate, children with disabilities are educated with non-disabled peers. And special classes, separate schooling, or other placement of students with disabilities away from the general education environment occurs only when the nature or severity of a student's disability requires a more restrictive setting that cannot be provided in general education even with the use of supplementary aids and services. The idea also requires that the U.S. Department of Education, Office of Special Education Programs, monitor states' implementation of IDEA. Each state is evaluated through a state performance plan. The state performance plan includes 17 measures referred to as indicators that we are graded on annually as a district. Of the 17 total indicators, two are devoted to least restrictive environment. Additionally, the state is currently moving towards adding the least restrictive environment to the LCAP as one of the dashboard indicators to ensure that both general and special education partner to address inclusive education in the future. Currently, the measures on the special education LRE indicators are number five, which is the measure of LRE for six to 22 year olds and indicator six, which is the measure of LRE for preschool. Indicator number five is the measure for students ages six to 22 with disabilities served inside the general education classroom for at least 80% of their day. Specifically, the goal is to be above the state target of 53.2%. This translates to more than half of our students with special needs being integrated in general education for at least 80% of their day. It is important to take note that the state targets increase by at least 1% every year to ensure that the inclusion rates continue to improve. Here you will see that in 2017-18, we met the state target of 51.2% by including 52.6% of our students in the general education environment for more than 80% of their day. However, as the state target grew in the 2018-19-2019-20 school years, our inclusion rates decreased to 51.19 and 46.83% respectively, therefore putting our district in what's called targeted intervention status with the state monitoring system. Indicator number six is the second indicator of the 17 devoted to LRE. This measure specifically focuses on preschool LRE separate setting. The state has mandated that we provide services for students with disabilities when they turn three. Specifically on this indicator, the goal was to be below the state target of 30.4% of preschool students educated in separate 
non-inclusive settings. This translates to no more than approximately a third of our students that are allowed to be placed in a separate preschool special day class. It is important to take note that the state goal is a moving target on this indicator as well, further emphasizing the need to address our preschool inclusion rates. Here you will see that from 2017 to 2018 to the 2019-20 school years, we have never met the state target. While we have improved by reducing the percentage of preschool students in separate settings from 46.83% to 36.88%, we are still percentage points away from the target, therefore putting our district in targeted intervention status on this indicator as well. Most districts do not have existing general education preschool programs as they are not mandated by law. However, IDEA requires that mandated special education services for preschool students be delivered and provided in an inclusive general education setting. While the state is currently focusing on expanding early education in the public school system, there are still not any current preschool general education programs available in the majority of districts. When we begin students' educational careers in an inclusive setting, it is more likely that they will continue being included in integrated settings, just as when we begin a student's educational career in a separate setting, it is less likely that the student will be integrated throughout their educational journey. Historically, California has one of the lowest inclusion rates in the country. California's inclusion rate was almost 7.5% lower than the national average rate of inclusion. While the national average was 63.4% of students included in general education for the majority of their day, California was at 56%. Our district, as shared in previous slides, has hovered around 50 to 51% inclusion rates. However, in the 2019-20 school year, our district percentage decreased to 46.83%, as have other similar districts in the state. Districts across Orange County are reporting that even prior to COVID, they had been experiencing a larger number of behavioral and academic challenges in both general and special education. Often the way that academic and behavioral challenges are addressed in special education is through a move to a more restrictive setting. However, according to the law, we know that the removal of children with disabilities from the regular education environment can only occur when the nature or severity of the disability is such that education in regular classes with the use of supplementary aids and services cannot be achieved satisfactorily. Currently, there is proposed legislation that addresses barriers to inclusion in the general education classroom. The legislation aims to promote the increase in inclusive practices for students with disabilities by adding preparation requirements to the administrative credential process in the areas of inclusion and evidence-based practices, ensuring the California Department of Education develop a comprehensive <coughs> inclusion guidebook for districts, conducting a study of staff requirements, training all educators in universal design for learning, and finally, removing outdated references and education code that hinder inclusion. The previous LRE graph for preschool depicted data from 2019-20. This was the last time the state measured LRE rates due to the pandemic. This graphic, however, is a current measure of our district's LRE preschool data as measured in the 21-22 school year. Our goal is to increase the green section of the chart, which represents the students enrolled in a general education preschool program, which is a total of 14.4% of our students. This is achieved by parents choosing to place their child in an early childhood program such as private preschool, state preschool, Head Start, or Head Start. 
The yellow portion of the pie chart represents 11.6% of our integrated preschool students attending a program within our district, in which less than the required half of the students are general education. These general education peers help to make up what's called our Neighborhood Buddies Program. It could be considered a reverse mainstreaming model. The blue portion of the pie chart represents 21.5% of our students enrolled in what we call our Preschool Intervention Program, otherwise known as PIP. These are our students with speech and language needs who attend small group special education, speech and language instruction. Students in PIP are only being serviced with other students with disabilities. The red portion of the pie chart represents 52.5% of our preschool students enrolled in a special day class separate setting. Therefore, our blue and red portions of the pie chart with a combined percentage of 74% illustrate that well over the majority of our special education preschool students receive their education services with no access to the general education peers. At this time within our district, we have no general education programs for preschool students, which further exemplifies the need for our initial focus of our three-year plan to be on our inclusive preschool programs. The following timeline depicts our three-year district proposal to increase the percentage of our students with disabilities educated in the least restrictive environment. Our current year, 21-22, signifies our preparation we've engaged in up to this point. First is our pre-planning, where our preschool division has been meeting with our special education preschool teachers to examine our LRE data, service delivery models, and best practices. We've been meeting with County Head Start to examine possible partnerships to increase inclusive opportunities for our students. Additionally, we've developed a board resolution on inclusive educational practices that will be before you this evening. This resolution may be the foundation upon which future planning, as well as enhancement of our special education programs, will be built. Next year, the 22-23 school year, we will aim to explore and create inclusive delivery options for all grade levels, such as more inclusive practices, including but not limited to partnerships, with preschools as well as exploring education inclusive models like co-teaching delineated in our LCAP. Additionally, we plan to provide targeted professional development by enlisting the assistance of experts in the field of inclusive education and consulting with other districts who have met their inclusion targets. In the 2023-24 school year, our plan will be to implement the inclusive delivery models explored and created from the previous year and continue to provide targeted professional development to enhance the delivery of these services. And in the 2024-25 school year, our plan is to continue to expand inclusive service delivery options for all grade levels available within the district while we monitor, adjust, and expand the implementation of these models according to our data. In summary, this quote encapsulates our current belief that all students are first and foremost general education students who may require additional special education supports and services in order to access their education. Inclusive classrooms support the abilities and recognize the possibilities of all students. Our ultimate goal is for all of us to recognize the possibilities in our students with special needs. Thank you. As far as proposed legislation, did you do you know where that is in a kind of a timeline? Or? Yeah, it's it's it's.
it's currently um, in the Educational Committee. It's um, Senate Bill 1113. And they're talking about, it's, um, I was just in Sacramento um, last week, and they were, it's a pretty strong bill for inclusion right now, and it's, um, it's um, pretty likely to pass. And even if it doesn't pass, there's talk about in the LCAP, as I stated earlier, of including um, inclusion and LRE rates as one of our indicators on the dashboard. <laughs> But that's not at this point, but that will be later in the presentation. Okay, so should I wait for the, yeah. for the resolution? Okay. Okay. May I follow up with one more question? Sure. Um, as you provided uh, information, statistics, and so forth, where we are in, particularly in our earlier grades and preschool and so forth, um, are there any things that we see at this point that are strongest um, hurdles to overcome is it facilities and how we we introduce more students it means that our capacity in each classroom can alter and therefore classroom space in some cases may become critical existing yeah it's a good question i think one of the main obstacles is opportunities and that's why we need to we need to explore where we could combine with other programs and um, the, the law states if you have 50% of the class that is that is comprised of general education, then that's in, uh, considered an inclusive environment. So we have state preschool, Head Start, um, maybe even another gen ed preschool class if we bring that on board, that if we combine with them, then we could meet this LRE target. And as I said, if we start that way in the student's educational journey, it's so much more likely as they matriculate through the grades that they will continue to be I just wanted to make a comment. I'm super excited about this. Um, I follow Leanne Young closely, um, you know, her emails and all of her work, and I'm such a strong believer in inclusion. But I think, like, a more personal story, and a few people up here have heard this, but um, when one of my sons was swimming in, in league finals, he had um, um, a student who was in our, you know, our special ed program, and he, they had gone to school with him, um, you know, because he was included in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. And... Um, at the end of the meet, when one of my um, kids placed, he was so excited and such a, a goal of his. Um, and the student that um, was also on the swim team, um, but because he was included, he knew everybody on the swim team so well, and he knew our kids. Like they go to separate schools now, but he still remembered him from his you know junior high classroom. And my son holding on to the bag, he's just like going crazy, screaming, "Yes, yes!" And so this other boy went down and he started screaming yes yes and then everybody started screaming yes and then my son was helped out of the pool and they started they embraced and they started jumping up and down and like i looked at the um the other mom i was like you're i'm not crying you're not crying because it's such a moment and um it just was so evident right now why it gives them a place it's not a separate thing they're able to integrate they're able to participate in sports and this life and to have these type of relationships. And I just so wish that I had been videoing, but I think I was like yelling and screaming more um, <laughs> during the race, and so I'm terrible on a video. But I wish I had because it was just such a moment to show the importance of this. And so I am just so, so happy that we are at this place, and I cannot, um, cannot to see, I cannot wait to see where we go with this. Thank you. 
thank you so much. That's a great story. It really builds understanding um, for both sides, um, for kids that are typical kids, um, not having exposure you, when you don't know. You, it's it's fearful. Um, so the the bringing them in at, at the most early level, it's just a normal part of life, like it is for all of us. I'm so glad that we're we're adding more. Um, it's been a, a journey. I mean, even you know, 10, 12 years ago, we weren't doing so much of this, and we really pushed forward. Um, I wish we had met our targets, um, but you know, that's when you restructure and you look at things and, and you set a plan. Um, I think having it on the dashboard would be great because once you mark it, then then you know where where you're going and you're always looking at it. But without that information, then you're just kind of you know trying to figure it out without having any data behind it. So I'm I'm really thrilled with this too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Gray. Okay, next, um, uh, Dr. Adamson, if you'll introduce our next presentation. Good evening once again. Last month, the board voted to place the proposed year-long multicultural studies electric course for high school juniors and seniors on a 30-day public display at the Professional Development Academy. As a result of the 30-day public display period, we have received the following feedback, which we're pleased to review with you this evening. To present a summary of our proposed revisions to the Multicultural Studies coursework for your consideration and final approval this evening, it's my pleasure to introduce to you High School Director, Mrs. Gina Aguilar. Thank you. Good evening, President Buck, trustees, and executive cabinet. Tonight, we bring forth for board consideration the final approval of our proposed elective course for high school juniors and seniors entitled Multicultural Studies. This is a year-long proposed high school elective that will provide all students with the opportunity to learn about histories, cultures, and contributions of diverse groups represented in the United States. The course aims to empower student voice as they see themselves and each other as a part of the historical narrative and their present-day community. The overarching goal of the course serves to promote respect and empathy within our diverse world while also serving to build a deeper sense of belonging to one's school community, helping students to further find their place in what can only be described as our complex society. The Multicultural Studies elective curriculum was developed by a task force of high school teachers and administrators within Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District. The complete curriculum was on display for community and public review at the Professional Development Academy from April 6th to May 17th. We want to take the opportunity to sincerely thank the community members that devoted the time and interest in reviewing course materials. Revisions were made to lesson plans and supplemental resources based on various feedback from our educational partners. We would like to share with you specific areas of improvements that were made. Revisions were made to ensure that all demographic groups were referenced throughout the course in a clear and consistent way. Changes were primarily made with the Latin American lesson plans. Numerous lesson plans, excuse me, numerous lessons provide students with the opportunities to select specific historical or significant individuals that they would like to explore. Additional key figures were added to provide more student choice. All lesson plans include background information that build context and clear directions for students in reflection. Changes were made by providing additional definitions of essential content terms and broader opportunities. 
This course aims to incorporate all students, involve all students, and embrace all students. We recognize that all students have a story to be told and every child has value. Multicultural Studies is designed to provide all students with a powerful opportunity to learn about and celebrate one another. It is with this in mind that tonight we ask you, members of the board, to join us in honoring the very unique ideas, experiences, and educational desires of our very own PYLUSD students as we seek final board approval for our PYLUSD Multicultural Studies High School elective. Thank you for your time and consideration this evening. This is so extensive. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and um, going through it, again, the, the volume of uh, information in here, I'm curious, is there ultimately the thought to do an index or not? Because there is so much. It's phenomenal. Yeah, so we've spoken about that. I think, I think that's a good idea. As we, we create this new curriculum and indexes it, so we do necessary I'd like to personally thank the uh, committee that put this together. Uh, incredible work. Uh, reading through it uh, was, was fascinating. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing some of the things that you uh, forget about and you have to kind of knock the rust off when you, you, you know, start reading some of it. But uh, it was uh, definitely a, um, a work that took a lot of people uh, to, to do. I appreciate community members that stepped up and went through all of this information and, and gave um, you know their critiques on it. Uh, and I so appreciate it. I, I look forward to this curriculum being part of, uh, of our district. Thank you. I just have to say, you're correct. Teachers poured their heart and soul into this, and I'm glad to see that it shows. Thank you. I too. Um, I was like so impressed, and it was amazing. I just saw all the hard work that went into it, um, and so. A lot of people said, PYL USC should write their own curriculum for everything. It was done so well. <laughs> so, and I, so I kind of laughed because I know I'd mentioned that before and I'd go, oh, crap. <laughs> but it was so well done. Um, it totally exceeded um, expectations of everybody in the community and people were very excited about it. So thank you so much and thank you to everyone who participated in this. Amazing job. Yes, we're just going to make our comments about this now instead of when we do the motion. Um, I love this curriculum. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, I love how it was, you know, you know, just starts off, you know, with like being sensitive and respectful to others. I like how it also um, had instruction for uh, English language development. how, you know, like in the media literacy, how to evaluate media sources, and it, and it just gave, you know, teacher tips, and, and then those tips that were, like, found in lesson, you know, section one, they followed themselves into section two, three, and four, and they just kept, kept you know, coming back up, you know, remember to be sensitive, because they've experienced this, and, uh, you know, how to evaluate, I just, I liked how in um, one of the immigrant experiences in injury, you know, had you know, parent notification. I always love when parents are involved, especially when it's something. Um, I really appreciate that, making sure that they know what's going on. And, and you know, just the continued reinforcement of the concept that we're 
product at the beginning and how they followed through all the lessons. So it was an excellent job. I really loved the curriculum. I learned a lot about a lot of different cultures that I didn't know. And I'm looking forward to our students taking this course. So all you students out there have to sign up to go over the lot. Uh, incredibly well done. Um, I, I too learned a lot. I'm not a historian, so I learned a lot um, going back and, and reading. Um, and it was so comprehensive. And um, I would get to the next section and I and it would be a whole different um, a group of people that we were going to talk about and, and learn about. Um, I even saw that we have our um, our Valadez uh, named person, uh, the person that we named the school after that's recognized in there. So not only is it broad, but it also takes it right back to um, local and um, what's happening here in our, um, right where we are. Again, thank you. And I hope all the teachers involved are listening tonight because I'm sure they will really appreciate all these comments. The teachers did an incredible job researching pulling it together and, uh, and lining it all the way through from start to finish. It really did. It was a great team. Thank you. And Quinn, thank you for being here. If you want to speak out at any point, you can. I, I keep meaning to tell you that. Um, I'm sure you have tests that you're working, that you're going to study. <laughs> so thanks for being here. Mrs. Green. Oh, I just want to double back just briefly because I think what has been said, particularly now and what you said, setting that stage, if you will, setting the protocols early on. So this is the right atmosphere to discuss uh, many, many topics and, uh, and keeping that as that um, reminder throughout of how we go about talking about people that meet and experiences in parts of history that maybe we don't know and maybe, uh, maybe you know, bring up different thoughts at the time, but there's, as it's laid out, processes of how to address that. And um, anyway, I thought it, it gave such um, consideration to each and every student as to how they would feel as they would go through this. That it's, it's great. So just want to underline that further. Thank you. I have a sophomore, so I'm hoping that um, in the next two years she'll be taking this class. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so now we'll move to educational search. Oh, um, we're requesting a little break. Why don't we take a five minute? Maybe a minute. Five minute break. Spaghetti made by the Asians, or was it Italian? Escaping. He said bye. See you. 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 See
At this point, there's nothing else I can do. Right. I hear that. Yeah. There's always fireworks. Yeah. 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 Sorry guys, we're on a five minute break. I don't want to turn off the uh, the camera because then I'll have to reset the broadcast and then you'll have to look for it. So you get to um, see us walking around a little bit. Oh, I see I'm crooked here. I love that.
He was at America's Discount Tire. Yeah, no, I, that was like, but I just found it so fascinating. There's a lot of stuff out there about 5G, and um, they're Obviously, it's faster, but there's a large amount of radiation involved. And I think in the 700 feet is something we took from me. But it's between 1,500 he constructs um, self-powered yeah. and so when he goes on top of the building, he takes the It is our pleasure to bring before you for your consideration this evening resolution number 2127, intended as an inclusive education practices resolution for students with disabilities. The re resolution is being brought forth as a foundation for future planning and enhancement of our special education programs. If approved, it will help to serve, help us meet the regulations as set forth within the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, also known as IDEA, which requires that the education of our students with disabilities ages 3 through 22 must be in the least restricted environment as appropriate to meet the needs of all students. Mrs. Renee Gray has been leading the work in the area of inclusion for the past few years, and it is to her and her team to whom we give credit for the headway we have already made. But as you could tell, based on the presentation she presented earlier this evening, we still have our work ahead of us. It's my pleasure to invite to the front for a second time this evening, Executive Director of Special Education, Mrs. Renee Gray, for a brief reading of this resolution for your consideration. Mrs. Gray, before you do that, we'll take a motion and a second, and then we'll have to read. I'll make a motion to approve resolution number 2127 concerning inclusive education practices for students with disabilities. I'll second. Okay. I have the honor tonight to read resolution number 2127, a resolution of the Governing Board of Education of the Placentia Yobelini Unified School District on inclusive education practices for students with disabilities. Whereas at the heart of the board's mission is the strong belief that each child has the right to learn and reach their highest academic potential, be valued as a vital member of their school community, and whereas the Placentia Orbelinda Unified School District believes 
that to the maximum extent appropriate, our students with disabilities deserve the opportunity to, opportunity to have access to the general education setting with their general education peers and whereas an essential goal of our schools is to ensure we are inclusive of all students and their needs that exist within our educational community with particular attention to the inclusion of students with disabilities and therefore be it resolved that the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District Board of Education hereby endorses the following inclusive school commitments for each child, including those with disabilities. Students with disabilities will have the opportunity to participate with same age typical peers in all school activities to the maximum extent appropriate. We hold high expectations for growth and development and honor the requirement that students shall be served in the least restrictive environment. We promote high expectations as we collectively serve our students with disabilities and we are committed to providing the support needed to help staff exhibit those high expectations. We celebrate differences and the ways in which all students, including students with disabilities, add to the fabric of our school communities. We strive to implement best practices in inclusive education by concentrating on three major components, academic inclusion, social inclusion, and physical inclusion. Be it also resolved, students are, first and foremost, general education students who may require additional special education supports and services in order to access their education. Be it also resolved, inclusive practices are not a separate component of education, but rather a core ideal that will be present in all of our schools and all of our district programs. Be it also resolved, the aforementioned practices shall focus on fully engaging all students regardless of their disabilities or other learning challenges and ensure that all students are meaningful members of their school communities. Be it finally resolved, the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District celebrates all students and strives to model excellence, collaboration, integrity, and innovation with high expectations for every student in all settings. Did you mention you had a comment? I had, I had to write this down so I wouldn't forget. Um, so I, I'm just, it shouldn't take too long. Um, I wanted to say first I want to thank our district for taking the lead on writing a resolution on inclusion for our students with identified disabilities. Special thank you to Renee for your leadership on this longer we do unmet need. This is an important step in ensuring our mission of all students is met. I want to start first with a strong point of this resolution. The foundation of inclusion is built on the second portion of the resolution that states, be it also resolved students are first and foremost general education students who may require additional special education and supports and services. This being said, is it important to look at the language within this resolution that contradicts this resolution? In paragraph two, lines one to two, it says, the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District believes that to the maximum extent possible, our students with disabilities deserve the opportunity to have access to the general education setting with their general education peers. Additionally, in paragraph four, bullet point one, it reads, students with disabilities have the opportunity to participate with their same age typical peers in all school activities to the maximum extent appropriate. While I understand the language maximum extent possible or appropriate comes directly from the language used in IDEA, this language becomes what often provides the limitations to our students. I would like this to be removed. As arbitrary measures are set on our students with identified disabilities, which ultimately results in placing these students away from their typical peers, both in the academic and extracurricular activity setting. Also, I would like to request that we revise the language to read students with identified disabilities. 
Special education students are labeled as such because they have been identified to qualify and have a disability. There are a number of students who have invisible disabilities who are not qualified to receive special education services who would benefit from such services. As such, the education system has defined those who have been identified to have a disability as SPED students, and I'm asking we remove the label now for our students. We should look at the needs of all students and provide the appropriate support and interventions as needs arrive. The research is clear about the harm of labeling students. If we are standing on the foundation that all students are general education students who may need to receive special education support or services, then our language should reflect this. In addition to this, I am concerned that the most recently ratified tentative agreement with the union is contradictory to this resolution. I would like to hear from our district about their plan on how to address the following. Ensuring that students with identified disabilities are not the sole responsibility of education specialists, and ensuring an ongoing professional development plan that provides all educators with the adequate training and implementation of UDL, scaffolds and supports, and the clear difference between accommodations and modifications. I raise these two points of concern because union contract states in Article 11, Section A, on class size, that it is agreed upon by parties that the mainstreaming of elementary special day class students increases the workload of elementary general education teachers. Without understanding both parties agree that the elementary special day class teachers of elementary mainstream special ed students will be responsible for the grading modifications and accommodations of curriculum, parent contact, and behavior modification of the mainstream student. This language in the contract directly contradicts the resolution that I believe was put forth tonight. Not only does the union contract utilize outdated language such as mainstreaming, it also labels students which, as I said previously, is harmful to students. It contradicts the concept that all students are general education students first. Given that nothing is stated about secondary, I want to point this out because if we do not address this, I can see why I'm repeatedly hearing from families that their students are segregated and discriminated against within our district. We set our students up to be different from the beginning with language and expectations like this. In addition, what this contract language is saying is that the students with identified disabilities are invited into the classroom for a portion of our day. However, they do not actually belong within the setting. This also contradicts the portion of the resolution that states the aforementioned practices shall focus on fully engaging all students regardless of their disabilities or learning challenges. When a student with an identified learning disability or challenge does not have the general education teacher creating those accommodations or making the parent contact, this is not an example of full engagement. This is an example of a general education teacher consultant rather than an immediate and natural resource as provided to typical general educator peers. I want to thank everyone for taking this first step. However, I want to be clear that this is one of the key areas of concern expressed by my constituents that I will not be satisfied or stop the work until our district has a full understanding of what inclusion means and provides a strategic and ongoing plan to support our teachers and students in accomplishing this. I also will call upon the union to remove this language from the contract and work with our district office in the ongoing strategic professional development plan that provides all of our educators with the tools to fully engage our learners regardless of identified disabilities. I would also like our district to be mindful that the language and policies put forward should not create arbitrary measures for our students with identified disabilities to be excluded from the general education environment. Language like to the maximum extent possible allows for the creation of arbitrary measures. I wanted to be clear in the expectations, and as we look in this resolution, I'm hoping that the following will happen. Remove all the language that limits students as to the extent possible, 
remove the label of special education students by utilizing language of providing students identified with a disability with special education services and support, present a systematic professional development <coughs> plan that focuses on universal design for learning interventions and ongoing pro progress monitoring and accommodations and modifications. And then also lastly, to change the union contract language that isolates general education teachers from students with identified disabilities. If all students are general education students, then the provision should come in the professional development, learning and support for teachers, rather than removing the direct support of the general education teachers. And I would like to thank all of the teachers who when I was asking about the resolution, who gave me so much input and um, was hopefully readable for you guys. Thank you, Ms. Ms. Buck, if I may. Um, so we can't have, the board can't comment on union contract oh, okay, this sorry. evening because it's not part of the agenda. Okay. So your comments have to be limited to just this resolution that's before you tonight. And actually, we need a motion in a second to continue the discussion. And then you can all share your comments okay. and go from there. Good. So then we just need the, the comments okay. have to be specific to Right. Suggestions regarding this resolution. Okay. So in the second paragraph, wherever we see to the maximum extent appropriate, I just would like, if it's agreeable to the rest of the board, if we can remove that. Is that language from the education code? Yeah, it's in the law. So we can't remove it? This this language came, came straight from the education code. We can do better than that. second paragraph where it says PYL believes that this is actually a statement of a belief so it does have a qualifier in there that quotes a part of the law but the entire statement is not quotation of the law so your suggestion Mrs. Blades is PYL I'm just gonna say it for short sorry PYL district believes that our students with disabilities deserve the opportunity to have access that is I don't I personally think we could take that out without not without breaking or violating anything law because this is a belief statement where we added ed code in there. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. So I was, I, I, I'm, I'm not making that decision. I'm comfortable. If you're comfortable. Okay. okay. So would someone summarize that? So would it be to remove to, yeah. that, to the maximum extent of appropriate? Appropriate, yeah. I think other things have said possible on that. That was in the second paragraph, and then did you want to also um, strike I didn't. it? I'm sorry, did you also want to strike it from the first bullet point? Yeah, where I was, I think that it should just be not to the maximum extent appropriate. I think it's just our goal that we just do it. You know, 
part of that for you guys. Like we said, students with identified, at identified disability will have the opportunity to participate with the same age typical peers in all school activities. What about kids with, that are un unidentified? That's true. Because I mean, if they're if it's not identified, they're already in there. Yeah. Mrs. Spring, did you have a? Yeah, so I'm again, I'm trying to follow catch, uh, follow and catch up on this. So, uh, in saying to the extent appropriate, that's. <coughs> is there any further comment to explain what is meant in this case by appropriate? Because there may be some things that. A child would be harmed potentially by being included just because it suggests everything is available. Right. I think that there's a qualify in there in there just in case. So let's say, for example, you have a non-ambulatory student right. um, who you're going to go on a, a boat trip. I mean, I'm not saying they can't go, but I'm just right. trying to. I'm thinking off the top of my head that might be why that's in there. So. Um, we obviously want to have the opportunity for all to participate, yes. but um, it should be as appropriate. But we could think about it in another way, where we say that they will have the opportunity to participate with same age typical peers in all school activities, um, um, considering supports and services that will help them access blah, 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 blah. Because I think that's the issue. Mm -hmm. If they can't access it, we can't make them access it if right. there's something prohibited, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's that with all supports and services to help them access the activity. I mean, that's that's one suggestion. Okay. Um, say that one more time. So students with the disabilities will have the opportunity to participate the same age typical peers in all school activities with all supports and services to to meet the students' unique needs. I will be the devil's advocate in this question on this Would that perhaps mislead or or make a family think that there that every activity is accessible and yet I think there could be occasions where maybe not every activity is available. So I'm just wondering yeah. Could we put if accessible? Well, you know, I only bring that up there? because it's, it's a concern with some students that there might be things. And mm -hmm. I have a brother-in-law who has a special needs all of his life. And so um, I understand the eagerness and the desire and I agree with that to participate, but sometimes there can be some limits. And I, I don't want to I don't want to ever deny any student any opportunity. But I also don't want to in some things suggest that everything for all students I mean there are students in our general ed population that may not for different reasons may not participate. But that's but I'm just—it's a concern. It's a concern from the angle of the families uh, as to how they consider what their children participate in, and of course we want to support them absolutely. Um, the, to the maximum extent 
that we possibly can. Yeah, I think maybe would address it. I mean, that way we're at least stretching it. It's we're maximizing um, with that added price with um, with, with all support and services to the extent how we're going to meet the students' unique needs. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So we could even leave it all in. So we're saying um, same age typical pairs and all school activities to the maximum extent appropriate with all supports and services to meet the students' unique needs. I think I'd even go away from the word appropriate, which sounds like to the maximum extent possible, because we want every possibility explored. I like possible because then we're not deeming what's appropriate. Exactly. The possibility. Exactly. The possibility keeps it way open there, and. Sure that we have support services and so forth, and to the extent possible that we can, with those supports and services, mm -hmm. they can be participating. So I'll read it one more time, and you all tell me if I got it right. Maybe students with disabilities will have the opportunity to participate with same age typical peers in all school activities to the maximum extent possible with all supports and services to meet the students' unique needs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So let's. That's it. Yeah, that was my making sure I'm reading this and not missing anything. Okay. So with that, we. I'll turn my page. We will call for a vote. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? Motion carries five zero. That brings us to number two, and why don't we, since we're on this, um, we'll do a motion in a second, and then we'll pass it on to Dr. Evans. I'll make a motion designating resolution, I'm sorry, to adopt resolution number 2128, designating the month of May 2022 as Mental Health Awareness Month. I'll second. Okay. And Dr. Evans. Good evening once again. It's our pleasure to bring before you for your consideration resolution number 2128 which recognizes the month of May as Mental Health Awareness Month. The resolution reads as follows. Whereas May has been designated National Mental Health Awareness Month in the United States since 1949 by the Mental Health America Organization, and whereas the COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted all areas of our nation's health, medical, social, and economic functioning, causing strong emotions in adults and children across our nation, and increasing the effects of secondary traumatic stress reactions by vulnerable populations, particularly children with mental health concerns. And whereas the Percentage Orpalinda Unified School District recognizes that mental health is essential to everyone's overall health and well-being. And whereas the Board of Education endorses a focus on prevention and early intervention efforts that could greatly reduce the number of children experiencing serious mental health conditions. And whereas students and adults can remove, can recover from mental illness and lead full protective lives at school and in the community. And whereas the Percentage Your Belinda Unified School District, through its unique approach to serving students, is committed to caring for the mental health needs of students, staff, and families in our community. And whereas the Percentage Your Belinda Unified School District reviews its pledge to continually assess and the range of educational services provided by our schools and the district's employed mental health professionals to meet the varying needs of our students with mental health concerns. 
and whereas the recently Oberlander Unified School District acknowledges that educating our students on the importance of mental health requires a commitment to meaningful collaboration with families, community members, and local healthcare professionals. And therefore, be it resolved that the Board of Education of the Recently Oberlander Unified School District declares that the district will dedicate agency and expertise to intentionally, one, commit our educational community to increasing awareness and understanding of mental health, two, acknowledge the need for appropriate and accessible mental health services for students, staff, and families, and three, approve the designation of May 2022 as Mental Health Awareness Month for this school year. And now for the board's consideration and approval, it's my pleasure to return control back to you, President Buck. Any comments? I have one addition, if um, if you'll consider. Um, at the number two, at the bottom, the bullet point, acknowledging the need for appropriate and accessible mental health services for students, staff, and families. I'd like to take it a, a step further instead of just acknowledging it, but also increasing the resources available to address those needs. That would just be the addition of, and increase the resources available to address those needs. Number two. Number two. Okay. So I'm just going to read it for clarification purposes. Acknowledge the need for appropriate and accessible mental health services for students, staff, and families, and increase the resources available to address those okay. needs. Everything? Yeah, we mean increase Additional support to me, yes. Yeah. Increasing, but always, yes. Yes, okay, then that's a question. Right, Mr. Giordano. That would be my question for Mr. Jonas. Okay, so is that okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Dr. Adams. And so with that, we'll take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. 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 And opposed? Motion carries 5 0. And moving on to OpenSciEd, if I could have a motion in a second. I'll make a motion to approve the adoption of OpenSciEd as a 6th to 8th grade curriculum for implementation in the 2022-2023 school year. Second. Motion by Mrs. Anderson, second by Mrs. Freeman. Dr. Anderson. Right. At the March 8th board meeting, the board voted to place the proposed 6th to 8th grade curriculum Open Cyan on a 30-day public display at the Professional Development Academy. With this 30-day public display period now complete, we are seeking receiving your final approval to formally adopt Open Cyan as the 6th to 8th grade science curriculum for implementation in the 22-23 school year. We thank you in advance for your consideration and we my pleasure to return control back to you, President Biden. Anybody have any comments? Did you learn a lot after reading all of your science? Yes. Yeah. And I still don't like it. <laughs> I did learn a lot, and I thought the lessons were great. I love how they start off with a question or phenomenon, and you know that they have experiments. Um, I like how the lessons connect. Again, there's that connectivity throughout the um, the things, and I love how. Each lesson has a letter that goes home to the parents, you know, like, so it brings, I love that bringing home um, dinner table conversations and things like that. And um, talking about 
inclusivity. It also, there was examples of how to um, work with students that have different disabilities and discuss adaptive equipment for them. I thought that was really great. And it gave like some perspectives to people with disabilities and I worked out about empathy. There was a lot of really good things about this. Um, I did not read all 36 volumes of this, um, but I did host a dinner at my home with a bunch of my friends, and we sat around the table passing around these books, and it was just so fun. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And we had just such a great conversation, and it was a really good night of sharing and you know, exploring middle school curriculum. So, um, and uh, everybody was very impressed by this curriculum. Very excited to have it in my middle school. I think what was um, the best was the feedback we were getting from the teachers and the students that it was on um, pilots at how how good it was. And um, I did like the Living Earth, but I'm still not a chemistry fan. <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting to see in the classrooms next year when we have yeah. the new screens, when they get to see it in brighter color, and it's going to be amazing. Thank you all for your thorough review of it as well. So. <laughs> I like science, so it was fun for me. <laughs> okay, so with that, we'll take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? Motion carries 5 0. And next, uh, we'll start with a motion and a second. I'd like to uh, make a motion uh, to approve the multicultural study high school elective course and the adoption of the corresponding curriculum for implementation in the 2022-23 school year. I'll second. Okay. We had a lot of discussion already, but if you'd like to introduce. Okay. Well, last month, the board voted to place the proposed DLR Multicultural Studies elective course for high school juniors and seniors on a 30-day public display at the PDA. Early this evening, Mrs. Gina Aguilar presented to you an overview of the revisions we have made to the proposed coursework after receiving feedback from the community. I would like to once again take a moment to thank Mrs. Aguilar and the team of administrators and teachers who worked so tirelessly on this coursework this year. The binder that you hold in your hands and that you've been looking through so lovingly the past month is definitely the fruit of their labor. And I think Mrs. Aguilar used earlier on, they have poured their hearts into it and we've seen that firsthand that is so true. So with that 30-day public display period complete, we're seeking this evening your final approval to formally adopt the Multicultural Studies coursework as a high school elective for implementation in the 22-23 school year. And we thank you for in advance for your consideration. Good. Anybody have any further comments? No? Okay, great. <laughs> okay, so with that, we'll take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. And opposed? Motion carries 5-0. Okay, that takes us next to um, our grades 9 to 12 implementation of science textbook. Who would like to make a motion? That's a lot of reading. I guess I'll do that. Um, I will make a motion that we approve the adoption of the following science textbooks for grades 9 to 12 for implementation in the 2022-23 school year. Those include... Campbell Biology 12E for AP Biology Adoption, Chemistry and Molecular Approach 6E for AP Chemistry Adoption, College Physics Explore and Apply 2E for AP Physics Adoption, Inquiry Hub for Living Earth Adoption, 
Physics Experience for Physics and Universe Adoption, Welsh Holes Essential of Anatomy and Physiology 2E for CP Anatomy and Physiology Adoption. Uh, environmental Sciences, Your World, Your Turn for CP Environmental Science Adoption. Lastly, STEM Scopes for Chemistry and the Earth System Adoption. Motion second. Dr. Evans. Well, thank you. The last two months have been busy because last month the board also voted to place eight new proposed high school science textbooks on a 30 day public display for PDA. With that display period over, we are seeking this evening your final approval to formally adopt these high school science textbooks for implementation in the 23 school year, and we thank you in advance for your consideration. Any other comments before we take a look? Okay, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? Motion carries 5 0. Okay, next we'll move on to general functions and our first uh, resolution. I can get a motion in a second. I will make the motion that we adopt resolution number 21 26 and order a oh, biannual trustee election for the November 8, 2022 election. I'll second. Sorry, thank you. Tonight included under general functions is resolution number 2126 and an order of election and specifications of the election order. As you are aware, the general election is scheduled for November 8, 2022 and will include the election of federal, state, and local officials as well as two Board of Education seats in the Placentia York Linda Unified School District. The resolution and order are routine in nature and simply set this process in motion. Are there any questions, Thomas? Well, I have a comment. I'm not specifically happy about the, the fact that we have to spend this amount of money for an election. It's, uh, to me, a travesty, but it seems like that's uh, that's what they they require. So, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know where it all goes, but uh, it, as a taxpayer, I, I'm kind of shocked. So. Yeah, that's a lot. That's true. Good part of it is, it's only two fifths of our population because with trustee areas, it reduces that cost. It used to be general elections. I hear you. I hear you. I think most people don't realize that entities get bills for this, but they do. Um, so, in that regard, there is a little, little bit of silver lining of sorts, so for what it's worth. Okay, so we'll take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Motion carries by zero. Okay, next one. I'll make a motion to establish board policy 6144, controversial issues. First reading. And Dr. Elsesser. Thank you. The board periodically reviews, updates, and or develops policy to ensure compliance with state law or established procedures regarding the operation of the district. As such, included on the agenda tonight under general functions is the first reading of board policy 6144, controversial issues for your consideration. This policy is being brought forward at the request of some trustees and at the guidance of our general counsel, Mr. Todd Robbins. The board recognizes that the district's educational program may sometimes include instruction related to controversial issues. 
The board expects teachers, staff, and administrators to exercise professional judgment when deciding whether or not a particular issue is suitable for study or discussion in consultation with the superintendent or designee as necessary. The policy before you this evening outlines guidance for employees providing instruction related to a controversial issue. Thank you for your consideration. Comments? Yeah, I think I just have um, comments of clarification, and I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, so the section where it talks about um, guest speakers present one side, it's right after um, the number eight. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that when we say guest speakers, we're, we're also just dis discussing like virtually. You know, it's just not in person, but if someone you know, speaks virtually or you're listening to, you know, one side, uh, I don't know what it would be, but you know, if they present, you know, you're watching like a video or something on them, that it that is also covered. Is that what you guys think? So, can I understand that you're saying that if there's a guest speaker, which we might think would be maybe one or two? That whether they are in person or coming in virtually, that that would apply. I just want to make sure that when I read this, I want to make sure that we all kind of understand that that would as well. That's that's an interesting point. I think that has merit in terms of. Um, but I, I'll toss this back maybe to staff or colleagues here. A guest speaker, as opposed to an educational presentation on some subject that might not be well, it's only on controversial issues. On con okay. yeah. So anything that would perhaps be in that realm exclusively. Correct. Because it does say that a presentation related to a controversial yes, issue. Yes. Yes. So. When a guest speaker is invited to make a presentation related to a controversial issue, whether in person or virtually, comma, the superintendent of that. what you're looking for? Yeah, or if we just all agree that it includes virtual, I would think it would be speaker. What? I would think it would be any speaker. I don't know necessarily. Because we've just gone to such a virtual world now. Oh, I hear you. That I want to make sure that we're not, you know, excluded. So. I don't know how the board feels, if they feel more comfortable, you know, adding in person and virtual, or if we just collectively say that it's any guest speaker coming into a classroom, no matter how, what the means are on a controversial issue. I always feel that we might know what we agree to, but for the future, yeah. it's always better, I think, to have the words in there. So should we just add in person or virtual? Or would you like to insert that? Or remote, is that even a, is virtual the best word, or remote, or? I'm just thinking which, well, virtual perhaps. I think virtual would probably be the best. I just, I just know, you know, like people, things and then you know show like their lecture later or something. So 
time sensitive. Seems to me it could go after presentation or after controversy. I think that I think it would go flow better to a controversial issue whether in person or virtually. Comment is I just really like the section in here if you haven't read it about comprehensive sex ed that all parents must be notified prior to instruction. So I think that's great. And which uh, we do already. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which we do already, but I think for the law. I think it's just good to keep reiterating that that's what we're doing. I just want to make sure people know that we already did it. Exactly. That's not a new thing. It's, it's not, not a new price. Yeah, it's yeah. in there, but I think people um, forget that. So that's why I wanted to bring that to our attention. And then also um, the section number three, where it says teachers not allowed to advocate his or her opinion or viewpoint. And I guess maybe we should add something to this because I think it should include uh, political candidates, protests, and lobbying. I'm sorry, kind of make that clear? Yeah, just because we, that it says here, in the classroom, teachers act on behalf of the district and are expected to follow the adopted curriculum, leading and guiding class discussions about issues that may be controversial. A teacher may not advocate his or her personal opinion or viewpoint. And then I think it should say you should include political candidates, protests, and lobbying. So it's very clear. on political candidates, protests, or lobbying What if they're lobbying for education? Well, I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it goes back to, you know? So it's not lob lobbying politically. Because there are opportunities for us to lobby related to education. And if teachers do that, not necessarily, not in the classroom. But, but, yeah, but it wouldn't be in the classroom. Okay, so read it again, please. Okay. In the classroom, teachers act on behalf of the district and are expected to follow the adopted curriculum. In leading or guiding class discussions about issues that may be controversial, a teacher may not advocate his or her personal opinion or viewpoints on political candidates, protests, and lobbying. I'm trying to think of the right word, efforts or lobbying. Anybody have a good word? Am I by a word? But say activities, maybe activities, but, but I want to make sure it's related to maybe the political piece of it, because lobbying activities, I, I just don't want that to be lumped into it if it's not controversial. Uh, maybe if we even said that whole sentence or viewpoint and say this includes political candidate preferences, protests, <clears throat> or lobbying efforts. Our political activities, including candidates, protests, and
about personal political opinion. I think I think adding all the others, it makes it a little. I think it should be briefer if you're going to just have it. any of the political views. I think is what you're going for in whatever format and whatever that would reference. Personal political opinion or viewpoint. I think we should spell it out. That's just my personal opinion. Because then that kind of does lead into the first thing. It could be some type of controversial issue that may not be political, but then we're also going into the political realm, like Maryland's edition. So I think be on board with that. May I make a suggestion that uh, since we were guided towards this by our legal counsel, that maybe there might be a, a conversation as to anything to what's being suggested here that might take us into areas where we can't go. I mean, absolutely. I, I just want to make sure what I send to him and talk mm -hmm. to him about, I'm clear that it's this is just the first reading. This is just the first reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I don't think I've caught the latest. The latest version? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I have noticed too. <laughs> Okay, so I think it would be not advocating his or her personal opinion or viewpoint on political activities, including candidates, protests, and lobbying. I think that's what I'm leaning towards, but this is just the first reading, so I would like to... And you said on political activities, the first paragraph does reference political philosophy. Would that be more appropriate? If you add political, then you're missing uh, some of the other ones that may be controversial. So I yeah, think if we keep like it in the beginning and keep it at the bottom, just a personal opinion and viewpoint, that is removed and we've identified the controversial pieces up at the beginning. I do see where you're going with it because it does. You have to kind of end on the personal opinion viewpoint, but then to pick up, this includes local candidates, protests, law. But then we could go into a lot of stuff. That's the problem. We could make another point if we wanted to. I guess it's but it's up here already. Political philosophy. It says political philosophy. Can I help it? We just put a pin in it. Put a pin in it and maybe talk and see talk to you. I kind of like without that. changing number three with leaving three as it stands. Or asking where he thinks it would be the most appropriate place to put it so that we're not losing the intent. Um, I read, you know, different resolutions from other school boards, and they do outline a lot of them for political activities. So are you just, looking for uh, a place to put us? Additional statement that says something like this includes political activities, including candidates, protests, and lobbying. Something to that effect. Something to that effect, yes. And so there. But would that be specific to the opinion of? Because, you know, issues that come up that are contemporary could include, obviously, protests and 
and lobbying and, and lobbying and all that. So, so don't, and that's what I'm going for. It is. That's why I think too. Opinion. Yeah, and that's why I thought it was good in this one because it talks about their personal opinion or viewpoint. So like, a teacher can say, "I'm going to vote for so and so for president," or you know, how do they have their signs up in their classroom, or even like, you know, they're wearing the shirt, you know, saying who they're voting for because that's advocacy. I understand, but I actually still. Kind of want to go back to the idea that what we have here covers it. Um, starting to make again lists on it, I think it covers it. that we already. It, it, it spells out that may not advocate, but where it is they advocate is on her personal opinion or viewpoint, which could include a variety of things, including political, religion, culture. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All and of that. So it, it's. It's the umbrella. Well, I'm willing to put a pin in it and get, and get more feedback and think about it. Okay. It is the first reading, so we can come back, think about it all a little bit more. And come back. So, if it's possible, any other comments? Um, I I just did want to comment that number four, um, I thought was really very important. <coughs> And I'll leave it for those who are familiar hearing it, but it says students shall be assured of their right to form and express an opinion without jeopardizing their grades or being subjected as subject to discrimination, retaliation, or discipline, provided the viewpoint does not constitute harassment, threats, intimidation, or bullying, or is otherwise unlawful. But I, I just thought that was an important piece of um, the items that are listed. I agree. Okay, so if it's all right, we'll move on and take a vote. We're good? Okay. So all those in favor, say aye. 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 And opposed? Motion carries 5-0. And that takes us next to business and financial. And before I turn it over to Mr. Giordano, you can take your motion. I'd like to make a motion to increase the authorized amount for technology equipment and peripherals with CDW-G, effective May 18, 2022 through December 31st, 2022. I'll second. Great. Okay. Mr. Gerdon. Thank you. Good evening. On uh, January 11th of 2022, the Board approved the use of the Irvine Unified School District piggyback bid CDWG, and this was for the purchase of technology equipment and peripherals. An increase in the authorization amount of $3 million is required in order to replace the outdated classroom projectors and Promethean boards that have reached the end of useful life. In alignment with the ESSER 3 plan approved by the board on October 12th of 2021, ESSER 3 funds will be used to purchase the new classroom equipment. Now, the current classroom display systems will be replaced with flat panel displays which have a lifespan of approximately 15 years, or roughly three times the lifespan of our current systems. Flat panel displays are also much brighter and provide substantially better visual clarity as well. You are definitely right about that. I've gone into some classrooms and seen the new screens, and then you go into the older or the other classrooms that have the Promethean boards, even with the, the shades open and all, it's so hard to see some of them. So. 
I think it's going to be a game changer for us for next year. Okay, all right, with that, we'll take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion, and opposed? Motion carries, five. And next, I can have a motion and a second. I'll make a motion to adopt resolution number 2125, community portion for the general fund balance for specific purposes. Second. I'll get that to Mrs. Blades. So, motion by Mrs. Anderson, second by Mrs. Blades. Mr. Giordano, you're on again. Thank you. Uh, the 2122 enacted state budget provided deposits into the state's rainy day fund, triggering the 10% local reserve cap on assigned and unassigned general fund balances in fiscal year 22-23. Uh, the reserve cap is a requirement that was established and defined under Proposition Number 2, which was approved by the voters back in 2014. The reserve cap is measured as a percentage of our total general fund expenditures, transfers out, and other uses. Districts are permitted to reclassify any assigned or unassigned components of the fund balance to the committed or restricted category. Both the Orange County Department of Education and the Fiscal Crisis Management Assistance Teams, otherwise known as FICMAT, are both recommending that districts commit any assigned or unassigned general fund balances in excess of that 10% local reserve cap. Uh, the Governmental Accounting Standards Board, otherwise known as GASB, a statement number 54 defines committed fund balance as amounts constrained to specific purposes by the governing board. Once reserves are committed, amounts cannot be used for any other purpose unless the governing board removes or modifies the constraint. Additionally, GASB requires that the governing board establish the constraints no later than the, than the end of the fiscal year or June 30th. However, the actual amounts may be determined after June 30th as part of the year-end closing process which is typically finalized in late August or early September. Accordingly, staff's recommending the board commit the assigned or unassigned general funds in excess of the 10% local reserve cap for unspent supplemental funding to support LCAP goals, site carryover, textbook adoptions, declining enrollment, and deficit spending mitigation. The staff will provide specific amounts for each constraint as part of the 21-22 plan of actions report, which will be presented to the board on September 13th of 2022. Thank you. Any questions or comments? No? Okay. And that will take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. 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 And opposed? Motion carries. 5-0. And to Human Resources. I make a motion to approve the 2022-23 Declaration of Need for Fully Qualified Educators. I'll second. Um, Thank you, President Butt. Each year, the board is asked to consider approving a declaration of need for fully qualified educators. With your approval, the district would have the option, if needed, to issue a teacher an emergency permit to cover a classroom that may become vacant or if there is an insufficient number of credentialed candidates in an area of need. The Commission on Teacher Credentialing requires districts to anticipate these needs and provide this declaration for any area that may be and we do this often in the year and it's okay ready routine okay so we'll take a vote all those in favor aye, aye. and opposed motion carries five zero 
Now that brings us to our consent calendar and our actions proposed on the consent calendar are block items by um, block items that we vote on and they're consistent with the approved practices of the district and are deemed routine in nature. Since the trustees received board agenda backup information in advance of scheduled meetings, they're prepared to vote with the knowledge on the block vote items. Unless we have any to pull. Anybody have any to pull? 39. Any others? Okay, so seeing only that one. I will make a motion that we approve the consent calendar minus item 39. I'll second. Okay. Motion by Mrs. Freeman, second by Mr. Youngblood. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 5 0. And we'll go back to 39. I'll need a motion and a second for that one. I'll make a motion to approve the renewal agreement between Valdez and Los Angeles County Online Program. Voices. Second. <laughs> motion and a second. Okay, discussion. The reason I pulled this was um, I know that Ed Pringle at Valdez was super important to them because of um, it really helps the English language learners. Um, but the quizzes has what we just talked about a lot of controversial issues. And um, I think when you're doing an online program like this, there's a lot of stuff that pops up. And since it's not being taught in person, you can't really show both sides of it. And they're just taking basically whatever the online article or the online program is giving them. Um, so as I scroll through and look online, there's a lot, a lot of controversial issues. And so I just wanted to pull it and see if we can put our money towards um, something else that um, maybe is geared a little bit more towards curriculum and not cover um, social issues. Can I ask a question as to whether it's more than quizzes? So actually, as far as quiz, I mean an actual small test. So yeah, the intent of the program is really, it's not designed necessarily to utilize the lessons, although they do have lessons that are available, and that's probably what you've been, what you're looking at and say. Uh, but the, the intent of this is actually to create quizzes, but it's, it's short formative <coughs> assessments, and so you know, I, I want to just be very clear. I think that, that it is not intended to replace the curriculum, but it is more specific to present you with an under-curriculum and materials that we teach. It is intended to, in fact, enhance the teacher's ability to take what they're teaching and, you know, really it gives them the ability to create a quick quiz uh, that then students will go ahead and take. And really, it's the quiz is intended it could be as short as five to ten questions, intended to not take more than 10 to 60 minutes if your teacher is a you know, just that ability to, at the end of a lesson, do a quick snapshot of, you know, where students are, have them master the content. Um, you know, the benefit of it versus, a, you know, paper and pencil testers, it really does it because it's online, they can also make it sort of competitive, it's a little bit more engaging, a bit more interactive for students. They can also turn it into a, a competition, you know, a fun game in the classroom, much like Kahoot. Uh, but the intent of it is truly to allow teachers that ability to create an assessment that's got, you know, specifically to the lesson. Dr. Adams and I, I also looked at the uh, the portion that was sent to me, and it was uh, it was quite concerning. Uh, it would also go against some of our, our CRT resolution. Um, one of the things that concerned me: does students have access to this uh, type of quiz? I guess you would say, would they be able to make their own quiz if they're doing like something in, in class in which they're able to create their own quiz, having access to this material which we're talking about? 
I do not believe so. I will absolutely confirm that, but the way that I believe it's intended is the teachers create the quiz and they give access to the students. Uh, so they can only access the quizzes the that the teachers have created and have made available to them. So is this the only program in which we've researched it? Is there, I'm sure you mentioned one already in that Kahoot that uh, allows them to make quizzes as well. Do you think that would be uh, another area that we could do instead of renewing their subscriptions? Kahoot is it's, it's another option. It's, it's obviously just different. It doesn't have some office or a different variety and availability. I think the reason that it is is, you know, the simple reason that I'm questioning this is they've been using it for, you know, obviously when they uh, requested for it last year, it was actually a three-year subscription that they were doing, but because they're paying for it over, you know, each year, the amount of it, I don't believe they had the funding to really cover it for three years, so they're really just coming back for the second year of that three-year you know, subscription that they're hoping to continue, and it's something that the teachers and students are familiar with, so that's the thing. So of course, they, they, there are always other, you know, other programs out there that can be utilized. Um, you know, what I would like, I wonder if the board would be open to our, you know, being able to get, gather more information and maybe even bring back some samples, uh, even seeing it being utilized in, in the classroom as to how the teachers there, uh, you know, are indeed making use of it as a resource. Um, but at the same time, as you're asking, Mr. Youngblood, we can absolutely look at other options and you know, see if, if that would be a viable um, alternative for them as well. Uh, have we had any issues come up at the site having used it for one year? <laughs> no, not that I'm aware of. I know that Mr. Cromona has been written a response to you and the information he's provided to you when you were asking some questions, and we have not be made aware of any concerns, no. Okay, and this is something that they viewed as something they would like to have ongoing. That's why it was directed originally as three years, but could be renewed each year from the standpoint of using, I presume, you know, budgets or something towards. Correct, I believe it's Title I. It might be Title I, not looking at what it had. But, um, so they had that in mind, so they would have to kind of re-gear to something else. Right, and you know, I, I imagine it would be a challenge to if they've taken over this past year, they've created many of their own right. assessments that would then more likely not be available. And so if they've changed to another program, which would be challenging. So there would be an adjustment. Okay. Um, when it says here, it doesn't say for how many years this new contract is for, is that correct? This is just for one, it's another year. But it's just another year. Correct. correct. Okay. Year by year. And then, um, the next question would have to be that if you table this issue to get more information so we can be clear about how it is utilized and what the kids have access to, um, is that the, the best possible parliament? I mean, I know we have to finish with this motion. Is it possible to take it? But this is for next year, then subscription, so yeah, it still gives us time. So, yeah, and then, you know, to look at possible other programs. Okay, so So we don't usually table, so we don't take a vote at all. We just table it and it'll come back. Okay, so 39 will not be voted on tonight. All right, thank you very much. Okay, that brings us to future board agenda items. Anyone has it? Ms. Freeman? No. no. 
I do. I uh, I do have a, an agenda item I'd like to uh, explore, um, and I just kind of kind of wrote it today because we are in the month of mental health, and uh, Lucentia Yorbalinda has always been a um, huge advocate for the whole student, whether mind, body, and spirit. Well, with that, um, I'd like to. I'd like the board to allow me to explore the spiritual aspect of, uh, of our students. Uh, this could include uh, teachers and staff, and um, we even may make it a resource. Uh, I would like to spearhead the research, and I would like parents to contact me with ideas and information in which I could organize and present to the board at a later date uh, to be determined uh, the the whole, uh, the whole uh, movement, I guess you'd say, the whole, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The whole child, exactly. Uh, this would, wouldn't be a standalone program, but uh, it would provide a needed resource uh, for those staff, teachers, and students that would like to support their faith and spirituality. Um, I think it's a very important during this, this time, especially because mental health it, you know, obviously entails um, spirit, whether it be faith-based or not, and uh, I think uh, it would be a, uh, an area in which I, I think uh, we could definitely help our, you know, help all, all of our families. That might be difficult because there's a separation of church and state with public schools, and we wouldn't be able to right. do this, this would be, religion. This, this wouldn't be like religion. Base, it would be spirituality, whether it be you know any form of, uh, of their faith, uh, they would have resources in order to to go that direction. I think it really uh, encompasses the mental health, because with with all these other things that we talk about uh, with mental health, uh, faith and spirit is is one of them. So I think we as a board should be proactive in order to uh, you know complete. This and give that ability to not just the students but to our staff and our uh, teachers as well. So I think people's um, faith and their beliefs is incredibly important, but in a public school, that's it, it's not appropriate. That would need to be outside of school, something outside. Would it be something in which we could? I also think there's a lot of. Um, I went to Club Rush, and there's a lot of clubs that are. Um, spiritually based, and I think that's a better, that's where it can happen. Yeah, and yeah. students can take that, you know, mm -hmm. a more appropriate venue. Yes. There's a lot of case law out there, so I'm sure that it will be. Yeah, so this isn't on the agenda, so we can't right. really discuss it. No, 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 that was just, I just wanted to see if there was sure. a, at least a, uh, an interest right. in, in the board doing that. I would do all the legwork in order to, um, Along with like local churches, whether it be you know whatever they, um, in order to provide uh, you know spiritual help, uh, shoring, uh, if, you know if that was something that would we could do. So we would just for our protocol, we just need to know if there's a majority of the board that wants us to put this on a future agenda item for further discussion and exploration. I'm in, I'm in favor. I'm trying to, um, I guess, just so we maybe we shouldn't 
talked about us at all. So we should probably just do a thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. I'm down. So that's three, two, down. So that's a not moving forward at this point. Um, Miss Blades, did you have anything? I have five. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I believe you. I was like, wait. I just have one thing. Um, the Universal um, TK presentation um, that was sent out through CSBA um, that afforded to the superintendent mass so that you all would get it. Um, there's a lot of great information in there. Um, part of that says that we need to have a presentation by June 30th on our, our pre-K, um, our preschool program, and I was just looking forward to that, and so that's all I'm asking. Um, I make a motion and adjourn. Thank you. A second. Okay. Mrs. Freeman for the first, and Mrs. Blades for second. All of us in favor? Aye. Motion carries 5-0, and we are adjourned at 10-34. Good night, everybody. Goodbye, folks. I'm tired. <laughs>